It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this fifth day of January, 2024. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the pro in the hours when the program is live, Monday through Friday, mostly, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where if you par- pull into the... Uh, aforementioned Mary Wacky Zaney right this instant. You'll be greeted by the early arrivers. That would be Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo and capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire. That that's all of those are what Roger in Oregon is. Hi, I'm Robin. Sorry about yesterday. Uh, I had an appointment yesterday afternoon. And it was rather painful. And so, as I made my way home, I just realized, I, mm, nope, I can't, I can't. Because, you know, it really is hard to do much of anything when the primary sensation you're dealing with is, you know, pain. Uh, so that's why I wasn't here yesterday. Again, I apologize, but I don't think anybody would have liked hearing me uh, in that particular state of mind. Uh, just to get us started, I had a note this morning from Matt in San Francisco, and all the subject line was Mika. And, of course, I was watching My Filthy Morning Habit, and other, as others do, and um, <laughs> I caught it, too. There's no clip of it, but it was real. Matt said she called him a traitor. She's getting closer to my prediction of calling him a no-good motherfucker. <laughs> Baby steps, Matt. Baby steps. <laughs> she did. He's a traitor. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mika. Yes. Welcome. I feel. I feel like Claude. Ra- I felt like in that moment. I felt like Claude Rains at the end of Casablanca. 
or not Claude Rains, uh, um, Paul Hunreed, when he looks at Bogart and says, Welcome back to the fight. I'm sure this time we'll win. <laughs> Hi, Mika. We see you. You're valid, hon. But, yeah, it, she did. Called him a traitor. And because he is. But anyway, I, I just wanted to get that out of the way. And again, I'm sorry about not being here yesterday. Uh, let's just say my face was on fire. Um, so that having been said, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. And this program is no different. And so we say thank you to our fifth and fourth day of the month subscribers. That means thank you ever so to Kevin in Colorado Springs and to News Ninja Gene and to Kenda in Missouri. Thanks as well to uh, Kim and Malin in New Jersey. And thanks to Thomas and to Paul. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you to Mark who jumped in and took our fundraising goal way the heck down. So basically we are at, the fundraising goal right now is at 205. Thank you, Mark. And thanks to everybody who keeps the plates spinning on all the sticks and keeps this little independent attempt at broadcasting and community going. Thank you. So again, 205 for a Friday on the front porch. That's rather novel, isn't it? Well, fingers crossed we'll take care of that and uh, see what what happens from there. Um, Steve in New York says, uh, tonight, I'm so glad you're, right, you're here right now, Robin. I need to hear you on the radio. You know why I say that. I do. I do. And I think we all kind of need each other under the under these circumstances because these are not easy times, not in the least. It is a Friday on the front porch. That means that we, here in about 55 minutes or so, we'll go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the extraordinary ordinary round table. And gather around which we gather each and every Friday. You are more than welcome to participate. If you never have, you should jump in. We'd love to hear what you have to say. There's a button at uh, headon.live or at the top. It's very clearly marked. Click here. Participate in Friday on the Front Porch via Skype. And whether you got Skype fired up or not, it'll carry you right into the conversation. And new voices are always welcome. So we've got that going for us. Uh, where to begin? Well, I missed our first, I wasn't on air for our first school shooting of 2024. Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. And uh, uh, as Reuters reports it, Dateline, Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, the Republicans are out there uh, sending tots and pears 
One sixth grade student was killed. Five people were wounded. A 17-year-old armed with a shotgun and a small caliber pistol, uh, as uh, per reports, opened fire on the first day of classes after winter break. Um, And, of course, the maggots who are contending for second place in the nominate in the nominating process now well, they uh, they were as useless as a screen door on a submarine Ron monkey up Declantis the uh, Nazi adjacent governor of Florida said that uh, some authorities however that turns out to be defined have a responsibility to create safe environments at school, but the federal government is probably not going to be leading that effort. Well, I wonder why not, monkey up. Might it be because your party? Loves guns? More than children? Loves AR-15 more than they love 15-year-olds getting to become 16-year-olds? Uh, Wewak Rosanna Dana, who is walking around with a sign, or might as well be walking around with a sign that says, just watching, said that... uh, He had canceled a campaign event that was actually scheduled to take place in Perry, Iowa, where the shooting took place. But then he uh, turned it into a prayer and a conversation. Oh. And the dumbest woman vying for the Republican presidential nomination, of course we're talking about uh, Nimrata Randawa, Nikki Haley. No parent, student, or teacher in Bonomo or Iowa should have to wake up and face news about a school shooting. My heart aches for the victims of Perry, Iowa, and the entire community. But I'm not going to do a goddamn thing about it, you see, because, well, guns are more important than children. Okay, I added some of that. But it's still a reflection of the reality on the ground. And then there was Nitwit Nero, who uh, had a huge rally in Iowa, but didn't even show up for it. No, instead, South Dakota governor... Christy the Gnome, you know, the Christian lady with the one man, one woman, Christian family values marriage, who's been romping with uh, uh, Corey Lewandowski so long that Christy's one man, one woman, Christian marriage husband up and moved out of the governor's mansion. Yeah, her. She 
spoke as Nitwit Nero's proxy in Sioux City. The maggot showed up in, in complete maggot cosplay, Trump gear. And then uh, Marginal Trailer Queen and Eric the Dumber have hosted events as well. Because, we'll see, Nitwit Nero is busy in court. Very busy. Uh, he'll be at a federal appeals court hearing next week on the immunity issue. Today is an interesting day because this is the, de- the drop-dead date for the finalization of the primary ballot in Colorado. Also Maine. And Nitwit Nero is going to be on both ballots. Or at least the one in Colorado for certain. Monkey Up is ignoring Nimrata, who is ignoring WeeWake, who is ignoring Chris Christie, who will not ignore Nitwit Nero's criminality. So, that's that. Tots and pears suffering Iwegians, tots and pears from the Republican Party. And Nimrata, by the way, is still trying to dipshit her way around her slavery screw up. And finally, last night uh, on a in a town hall Hosted by CNN, well, just listen. And this, of course, is referring back to New Hampshire. You were asked to explain the cause of the Civil War. You obviously uh, did not mention slavery. And afterwards, you came up. You said that was a mistake. In fact, you said it should have been the first thing that you said. So you did come out and say that. Chris Christie, though, came out and said that you gave that answer not because in his, uh, you're, in his words, dumb or racist, but because you're, quote, unwilling to offend anyone by telling the truth. What do you say to that? No one's ever said that I am unwilling to offend. I offend plenty of people because I call people out when they do something wrong. Um, what I will tell you is Chris Christie is from New Jersey. I should have said slavery right off the bat. But if you grow up in South Carolina... Literally, in second and third grade, you learn about slavery. You grow up and you have, you know, I had black friends growing up. It is a very... Oh, yeah, she did it. She did it. You know, it's kind of like a law of nature, isn't it? She had to eventually. I have black friends. But I'm not a brown lady. I'm white, okay? I'm white. I'm definitely white. I'm not a brown lady. I have black friends, though. But I'm white. We talked about thing. We have a big history in South Carolina. When it comes, we started the Civil War for God's sakes. 
comes to, you know, slavery, when it comes to all the things that happened with the Civil War, all that. I was over, I was thinking past slavery and talking. Oh, okay. She was thinking past slavery. You know the only people who can think past slavery? People who have no meaningful connection to it. Brown ladies who think they're passing for white, maybe? Talking about the lesson that we would learn going forward. I shouldn't have done that. I should have said slavery. But in, in my mind, that's a given that everybody associates the Civil War with slavery. So <laughs> this won't be her last attempt. But I got to tell you, it's not getting any better. And every time we hear from her, at least, you know, I, at least we do that here in this community. Bonomo. Just think, every time you hear the name Nikki Haley, just Bonomo. Really? She actually thought there's a country that's one consonant different from a, 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 a member species of the great apes. Bonobos. They're said to be very sweet animals. Yeah. She's something. Breaking news. Um, I'm seeing this by The Guardian right now. So. Uh, the Guardian reporting the U.S. Supreme Court will hear Nitwit Nero's appeal of the Colorado ruling, removing him from the ballot. So, uh, that's about all, the, all I have in the way of detail there. But still... I mean, it was expected. It's not like it's a real, you know, man bites dog story. They more or less have to. Oh, but I mentioned the shooting in Iowa. The goddess of irony is at work. Today, uh, Wayne the Peter, Wayne LaPierre, who at one point in time was riding high as head of the National Ruble, I mean Rifle Association, announced his retirement. You know, a couple of days after some a school kid was slaughtered and several maimed because of policies put in place by virtue of the tireless and bloodthirsty efforts of the NRA. But that's not why Wayne the Peter is quitting. No. Wayne the Peter is quitting because he is up to his eyeballs in civil litigation. He's 74 years old. And he's being sued for the corrupt manner in which he ran the NRA 
he issued a statement saying, With pride in all that we have accomplished and the blood that we have shed, I added that part, I'm announcing my resignation from the NRA. I've been a card-carrying member of this organization for most of my adult life, and I will never stop supporting the NRA in its fight to defend Second Amendment freedom. My passion for our cause burns as deeply as ever. It might even be buried in me as deeply as some of some 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 of the hundreds of children whose lives have been ended by what I have spent my life doing. Go play in traffic, Wayne. And may the judgment be broad and deep. But speaking of the Supreme Court, I just saw the uh, the, uh, breaking news from the Times. The court will hear the case in February because the Colorado primary is on Super Tuesday, March 5th. Don't seem to be in much of a hurry, do they? No. Uh, Matt in San Francisco says, uh, subject line, Nikki, when you grow up in the South, even if you're brown, you learn early that black folk are less than, and really, I learned long ago that if I'm going to get anywhere in this party, I need to be more racist than even my white friends. By the way, did I say I have black friends? Because I do. And I'm the smart one with lots of international bona fides, or is it bonomos? Anyway, I got rid of the Confederate flag, and slavery's wrong. Next question. Please stop asking me about slavery. And what does Chris Christie, being from New Jersey, have to do with anything? Nikki, if that really is your name. Anything? I mean, there are, in the numerous Civil War battle site cemeteries, lots of headstones of young men who marched from New Jersey into the South and gave what Abraham Lincoln called the last full measure of devotion to save the Union. Not many people in South Carolina can say that. There's a bunch of dead traitors in the dirt. But, yeah. And then... Well, then there's counsel for the parking garage. Alina, have a have a have a have a. Because it sounded she she said something that makes it sound like she's trying to arm twist the Supreme Court. And on the same day as she said that she'd rather be pretty than smart, going to leave that alone, said of Nitwit Nero going to the Supremes, I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through hell to get into place, he'll step up. 
Not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law, because they're pro-fairness. And the law on this one is very clear. Really, they're pro-fairness. Tell that to any woman who's needed reproductive health care since Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health came out. Uh, Katie Fong over at MSNBC said, wow, Alina Haba saying the quid pro quo part out loud here. Keith Olbermann jumped in and said, Trump's surrogates are quietly threatening justices of the Supreme Court. Bradley P. Moss, a nuclear uh, national security expert, said, that's not how this works, or at least we hope. Imagine for a second if a lawyer for Clinton, Obama, or Biden said this, it would be a massive scandal at Fox. Another individual said Alina Haba isn't helping Donald Trump or Brett Kavanaugh. Pointing out Trump fought like hell for Justice Kavanaugh to get his Supreme Court seat. And he owes Trump. Yeah, no. But she'd rather be pretty than smart. I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like um, Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through, held to get into place. He'll step up. Those people will step up. Not. By the way, you know, the, uh, a couple of nights ago, I mentioned a, a chemical process having to do with maize that was discovered by indigenous Americans. It's called uh, Nishtu. Nishtamalinization? It's a mouthful. Well, what we have here in Alina Habana 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 Council for the Parking Garage is uh, a case of melanomization. Uh, she's gotten a she and not not commenting on appearances or anything. I'm just pointing out the fact that she looks a little bit more like melanoma, say ten years ago. Every day. Just does. Not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law. Because they're pro-fairness. And the law on this is very clear. I think it should... If the law on this was very clear, it wouldn't be going to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court wouldn't have agreed to hear it. It is a case of first impression. And apparently at the draw spunky school of law that Alina Habana 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 attended... They didn't teach her about cases of first impression. Yeah, well. And uh, other uh, other individuals are a little bit, and I don't know why, stunned by her campaign. Against to, to arm twist the justices. Checking in with CNN. He'll use that kind of language yet. 
We don't know if he'll use okay, it. Okay, just, I, just to, yeah. I mean, we're waiting for the speech. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's completely fair. Can I, can I get to one thing? Because I actually do think this all threads together. Um, there was a Trump attorney who was on Fox who was talking mm. about the cases that he's currently facing, particularly those that have uh, taken him off the ballot in Colorado and Maine. Take a listen. I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like um, Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through, helped to get into place. He'll step up. Those people will step up, not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law, because they're pro-fairness. And the law on this is very. Notice something here. And maybe it's because I'm sensitive to things like this. But. We just heard her change her speech. Do you catch that? It was only like part of a syllable. But she tries to speak in network standard, but apparently underneath it all, there's a very New York accent. He'll step up. Those people will step up, not because they're pro-Trump, but because... So the first time she says, because, and then she says, but because... And she catches herself because, oh, I'm not supposed to sound like that. Kind of like me doing my Yul Brenner impression. Because, because, oh, honey, everybody knows. Not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law, because they're pro-fairness. And the law on this is very... She was the daughter of Rosie O'Grady, a regular old-fashioned girl. Very clear. Hey, look, I'm dancing. The reason why I say it, it threads together is because people have different interpretations of very clear things that are happening, and oftentimes those interpretations are actually what the other side is doing, mm-hmm. as in... If a Democrat said that about the Justice Department or Merrick Garland or fill in the blank here, there would be an absolute implosion. Correct. That's bonkers. Yes. And the fact she's saying the quiet part out loud. She's his lawyer. Yeah, she's his lawyer, which says a little bit about the quality of his his legal counsel. But that she's saying that Brett Kavanaugh will step up and side with the president because he appointed him. I mean, that goes against every basic idea. Of, 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 of law and independence of, of, of the judiciary. And it frankly puts Kavanaugh in a bit of a box. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but, you know, look, I mean, <laughs> the good people can disagree about the political. I mean, how much of a box is beer boof and brat really in? It... The, the, the man the man lives in a house that was paid for by a, an undisclosed political donor for the love of all that's holy. He had his credit card debt paid off. All of his baseball, beer, and hot dogs debt paid off. Does that sound like a box to you? Implications, everything. But the Constitution says what the Constitution says. And, and the idea is a slam dunk and you're going to be rescued by partisan politics exposes the rot in the degradation. Oh, of course, I mean, the, the whole idea, of course, of, of life tenure on the Supreme Court is precisely to prevent this. And Brett Kavanaugh or, or anybody else on the Supreme Court is not going to be taking instructions from the Trump legal team about how they're supposed to rule on this very, very important case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we have enough faith in the institution, we shouldn't be overly uh, worried about this. Like- But there's something operating here, and I think we would be wise to bear it in mind. 
this is this reminds me of the run up to the announcement of the judgment in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. You remember the early release, the leak of the draft opinion? And you remember how we talked about it makes no sense for it to have been leaked by a liberal? That what it did was it hardened the positions and made it impossible for anybody to step away from it who was already all in? This is a little bit of... well, it's it, it's a little bit of wishcraft, but it's very similar. You announce that Brett Kavanaugh has to do it because he owes the boss, and that hardens, perhaps hardens Brett Kavanaugh, or at least I'm sure that was the hope of counsel for the parking garage, into doing as she suggested. I guess um, that's kind of the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that is a huge right. part of the problem. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, only 6% of Americans trust that the federal government works as it's supposed to work. And this is one of the reasons why. You see people like this out there saying that you can make a call to Brett or just nod to Brett Kavanaugh is going to do the right thing. That is, that is at, at best, that is concerning. Yeah. <laughs> um, ma'am, it's corrupt. It's unethical. It should be. Probably, I don't know what New York ethics law is like, but it should not be okay for a member of the bar to say that out loud. Lawyers think lots of things about judges and how to get them to work and do what you want them to do. But you don't you don't go on Fox News TV and say, yeah, he owes he owes my client. He owes the boss. The boss knows he owes him. He knows he owes the boss. Because somebody might think that that creates a an appearance of impropriety on the part of maybe the guy you're trying to arm twist. Make sense? Bonkers. Bonkers is a good word. Uh, listen, I got a tech question for those of you who are listening via. Uh, head on dot live. Uh, are you are you are you getting the program okay? Is it coming through all right? Uh, I asked because I just got a note from our dear friend Balmer Bob, who said I lost my ability to listen to you. If I press if I press play at head on dot live, all I get is a message saying loading. If I go to your White Rose archive page, the latest podcast available is November twenty first. Can you or someone send me an email on how to work around this impasse? Meanwhile, keep up the great work. Thank you, Baltimore Bob. Thank you, Bob, so very much. Um, I don't know what would be caught. So I'm asking if anybody else is having trouble. Just shoot me a note. If anybody else is having trouble who's listening on the HeadOn.Live website. And I, I... I don't know. Maybe maybe the page needs to be relo- reloaded or something. I I got nothing. I just open the microphone and talk and press a couple of buttons. Um, but when you uh, well, uh, hopefully you'll hear this when you hear the podcast, Bob. Hopefully we'll get it fixed. Ah, Ralph says yes. The feed is fine. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, Brooklyn accent. Lee in New York says, "Stop it, Robin." Lena Haba is not like Bugs Bunny. 
He was talented. Oh. Arm twisting, says Darlene in Connecticut. More like a veiled threat and quid pro quo, yes, per Keith Olbermann. The Habadaba dumb bunny was smart enough to cover her ass, though, by referencing the Constitution and the law and taking fairness of the SCOTUS, etc. Oh, she's so self-owned on the pretty versus smart thing. P.S. She isn't all that pretty. Ugly inside, and she just knows how to dress and pull it together with fashion. But if you break her down, she has a head shaped like a gray alien, and the pouty mouth thing, smoldering Czech Republic, looks like Botox. Ridiculous. Bitch is happed up on facelift shit. Hopped up, I think, on facelift shit. Sorry, maggot men are too stupid to see through it, so they're gaga and can't wait until it goes all Jenna Ellis and she has to go on the defensive when Trump serves her up as his foil and blames her for malpractice, which he... Uh, a gots her on. Oh, I can't wait, Darlene says. And don't say she's melanoma's replacement. Isn't going to happen because melanoma owns Trump with the contractual marriage. Uh, yes, hearing you loud and clear on head on, problem is on Baltimore Bob's end. Okay, see, it, may, it may very well be. Um, Ralph said the feed's fine. Roger in Oregon said uh, just fine via the web page. You're coming in fine on headon.live, says Billable Rick. Fine and dandy at HeadOn.Live, says Lee in New York. Thank you all. Uh, I'll take a, I'll take a moment at some point and uh, drop a note to Bob and tell him that. Well, let me just do that. I hate leaving people uh, just hanging. Clack 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 clack. Uh, it works a lot better if you use the right keyboard, Roxanne. It's a full service broadcast, you know. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Randy Radar says, I listen to HeadOn.Live on my iPhone 15 Pro, and it plays fine, but the page won't complete loading. You hit the X to stop the page load and press the 1 below the play triangle to play. Hmm. The page load. Um, okay, so... Alright, that's a clue. And Ralph's adds, of course, the tune-in head-on feed cuts out for ads at 5.28 p.m. Yeah, ads for which we, by the way, are not paid. Um... Headon.live is uh, is uh, Lima Charlie here in New Mexico. Thanks, Labor Man. Cabin on the Bar Association. Lee in New York says the Bar Association will not bother. You don't have to be a lawyer to be on the Supreme Court. Hell, you don't even have to be ethical. 
Well, those two things are absolutely true, as any even cursory examination of the life and career of Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas will uh, make abundantly obvious. Okay, coming through strong there, Brother Deacon. Hey, Brother Deacon, do you know anything about the the, the page not completely loading, maybe on some operating systems? I don't don't know. I don't know. But we mentioned earlier that Nitwit Nero is going to be busy in court. Well, (laughs) uh, Letitia James, who is said to live in Brooklyn but quite obviously lives rent-free inside Nitwit Nero's noggins, you know, there amongst the spirochetes, shrieking each to each. Um, Letitia James filed her, uh, her, her memo uh, making her official statement of, the, of what she thinks Orange Genius should have to pay in the disgorgement for the civil fraud case. And she wants uh, uh, she wants three hundred and seventy million dollars. Which I think is charitable on her part. Initially, the, 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 the floor of that disgorgement was at 250 but she jacked it up by $120 million based on uh, the documents and testimony introduced during 44 days of trial. The people have established that defendants reaped hundreds of millions of dollars in ill-gotten gains. The myriad deceptive schemes they employed to inflate asset values and conceal facts were so outrageous that they belie innocent explanation. She's also asking the court for an order that permanently bars Nitwit Nero, Alan Weisselberg, Jeffrey McConney from serving as director of a New York corporation. Don't know why the boys aren't there. But the bottom line is that he threw. A, he, he went on Tripe Social and posted a hissy, a Tripe hissy fit. I did nothing wrong. My financial statements are great and very conservative. All caps, of course. The corrupt AG was three hundred seventy million business flee New York. They should pay me. This is prosecutorial misconduct. A DOJ witch hunt. Um. Whoever the handlers are down there at Magaloco, y'all, um, he's off his meds, or needs to be on some, because Letitia James, as he as she has made abundantly clear throughout every day of this trial, is the elected attorney general of the state of New York, the chief law enforcement official of the state of New York. So, putting the nitwit in nitwit Nero, it's, it is definitionally 
not a DOJ witch hunt. <sighs> Jack Smith has absolutely nothing to do with that case and the Supreme Court of New York in Manhattan. Well, but the maggots don't know that, do they? He finally simmered down a little bit and said, No victims, no crime, great financial statements. Letitia James is doing this to me. Oh, my Trump impression's getting up, moving a little over into Hanna-Barbera, Droopy the Dog territory. Uh, was that Hanna-Barbera? Or was that MGM? Pretty sure it's not Warner Brothers. Never mind. It, wh- who 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 made that uh, trenchant statement? Everything Trump touches dies. Was that Steve Schmidt? Well, one of his uh, one of Nitwit Nero's pet governors is a creep in Louisiana, Stan. Thank you, Clarence. Speed is fine. I'm driving my personal vehicle around. Uh, The feed is excellent. No problems here because I'm pinging from tower to tower. Also, I've never heard an ad in the 11 years I've been listening to the horn. No, you haven't. No, you won't. (sighs) Thank you, Clarence. You stay safe out there. Them people can't drive down there. Uh, At any rate... We've talked about this a little bit in the past, but Greg Landry, the governor of Louisiana, Stan, uh, caught some hell today from a uh, political columnist, Chris Anderson, at the Sarasota Herald Tribune for the fact that he, Governor Landry, uh was helped along the way in his campaign significantly by none other than Christian Ziegler, the uh, the the, the uh, chair of the Florida Republican Party, who is presently accused by a woman of rape. Uh, this is the same Christian Ziegler with his wife, who is uh, a founding member of the Moms for Liberty, you know, the brown skirts. And they had a torrid little threesome, or perhaps morsums, with uh, another woman. Now, remember, they're both uh, they're both conservative Republicans who can't stand even the mention of LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridget. Bridget is the brown skirt leader. Well, it turns out, according to uh, Chris Anderson of the Sarasota Herald Tribune, quote, Landry's campaign paid micro-targeted media, Ziegler's Sarasota-based company, a whopping $954,928.50. 
57 cents. Most of it went to Christian Ziegler in two lump sum payments. And then the other, uh, the other one is uh, Corey Lewandowski. And Chris Anderson pointed out the fact that Lewandowski's presence in the campaign was disgusting to some of Landry's money. We talked about this a while back. It all goes back to John Odom, who gave $100,000 to now Governor Landry, then demanded it back because, uh, well, Corey Lewandowski is a a skeeve and a perv. He was also romping with Christy Nome, but never mind. He made a pass at John Odom's wife. Well, used to be wife. They are since divorced. And was uh, charged with misdemeanor battery, Lewandowski was, but dodged it with a plea deal. And this, and of course, it all happens at a time when Louisiana Stan is in the midst of a spasm of right-wing hatred for trans adolescents and and trying to make it impossible for life-saving care for those children. And it extends into the adult realm as well. Chris Anderson went on and wrote, Ziegler who has refused to step down from his GOP position, even though he has the confidence of no one, is likely to be voted out of his spot next week. There's no way he can raise money for the party now. His business is likely to be impacted, too. That's that's my understanding, but apparently there are more allegations of Ziegler's bad behavior. Ralph's pointing out Christian Ziegler raped the woman they had the affair with. Yeah, he's alleged to have, yes. And the, the investigation continues to expand. Uh, now the uh, term video voyeurism is being bandied about. And by the way, uh, Bridget Ziegler, she's not just a co-founder of the Brown Skirts. She actually had a hand in drafting Monkey Up's pet don't say gay law. And now the cops think that Christian Ziegler illegally uh, recorded, video recorded, the sexy, well, the alleged rape. And the cops have gotten a search warrant for his Instagram account. The cops thinking that the Instagram account contains evidence of the crime. And the woman who says she was raped said that she had no idea that Ziegler was videoing.
Sarasota Police Detective Megan Buck said in the search warrant affidavit, detectives spoke with both the victim and Ziegler's wife. The victim did not give Ziegler consent to take this video of them having sex. Neither Ziegler's wife or the victim knew anything about this video that had been taken of the sexual encounter on October 2, 2023, and neither had seen the video of the encounter. Sarasota police detective wrote in the search warrant affidavit for Instagram records that she believes probable cause exists to show Ziegler has utilized Instagram to commit the crime of video voyeurism. I don't think I want to read that statute. That just sounds so... Oh, that's gross. Okay, a quick update on the tech, uh, the tech question. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa says, yes, I know about the page not loading. It's pulling resources from external sources, Twitter, Google, etc. And one of those sources doesn't complete the task. It doesn't affect the functionality they had on live website, though. Thank you, Brother Deacon. Appreciate that. Video voyeurism. Oh, why, you know? Subject line, moms for labia. I'm here, Matt says, I'm here for every detail of the moms for labia story. The rape part is gross, but I'm here for the rest. Tell me I'm a naughty fascist. Tell me I'm a naughty fascist. Bad brown skirt. Bad. Ooh. Moms for labia. That... Yeah, that qualifies. And uh, recalling a great line from comedy days back, uh, gone by, Dave number 11 says, here comes, here comes the court, here comes the court. Reuters has a fairly complete write-up of the Supremes taking the case, the ballot case. And Reuters says the justices took up the case with unusual speed. They will fast-track a decision as fast as the Supreme Court can go. Oral arguments are scheduled now for February 8th. Interestingly, they took up Nitwit Nero's petition, but did not act on the case brought by the Colorado Republican Party. He's also, Nitwit Nero, has uh, filed an appeal in Maine in state court. Meanwhile, Reuters points out that uh, Nitwit Nero's petty foggers claim that Section 3 does not apply to the President of the United States. I guess because the President is Queen of the May. 
and that presidential eligibility is reserved to the Congress. Well, hopefully they'll settle they'll they'll, they'll settle that question. And we are coming up on the uh, end of the uh, of the first hour of the program. A general reminder: we're trying to uh, raise 205 bucks this evening. And if we do, we will be fully funded through the first full week of January. Of course, that includes New Year's Day and yesterday. And you know, no fun. We don't count that in the fundraising. I can't be here. Seems unfair. Let's see. Ah, here's another fun one. From the leader of the Florida Republican Party to uh, a high-ranking member of the Republican Party of none other than South Carolina Stan, South Carolina Republican Party political director Braley Estep, age 22, was arrested alongside her mother, Michelle Stalvey Estep, 53, over a bar brawl. It turns out the the, uh, the mother and daughter own a local roadhouse, I reckon. It's called... Stalvey's Watering Hole. And on December 23rd, uh, Braley Estep, Mama Michelle, Braley's boyfriend, and uh, got into it with two unnamed bar patrons. Estep's boyfriend, oh God. Uh, was grossing out a couple of patrons, women, by hanging his arms over their shoulders. Braley Estep then shook her head and uh, said mean, ugly, nasty things to the witness and the victim. So the victim and the witness said, all right, we're out of here. And then they went out and brawled in the parking lot. Braley Estep followed him out of the bar, banged on the window of the vehicle. Mama Michelle noticed, and a third suspect rallied to her side. At some point, according to the newspaper The State, at some point one of the suspects grabbed a Stanley Cup from the vehicle's cup holder. Wait, people drive around in South Carolina with Lord Stanley's Cup? Oh, no, 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 no. It's a, it's, it's okay. I got it. I got it. It's like a Yeti. Um, it's one of the. It's an insulated cup made by the Stanley Tool Corporation somewhere in China. And started beating on the car, made dents in the car, truck, whatever. 
The story continues. An arrest warrant said that Braley Estep and Michelle Estep did strike the victim several times with their hands, causing injury. And the victim and the witness called the local police. Both women were busted and uh, released on January 3rd after putting up a $5,000 bond. Young Braley Estep became political director of the South Carolina Stand Republican Party in uh, June of this past year. She had previously been with the Georgia Republican Party and uh, was associated with the campaign of Walker, Texas Strangler. This place sounds like a real good time because uh, the family has Stalvey's watering hole, but right next to that is Stalvey's bait and tackle. It's literally connected. So you can go and get liquored up and then go and go go through the door with and get you some <laughs> Get you some mealworms and, and 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 head on out and do you some fishing. You know you know the old saying. Teach a man to fish and you've fed him for a day. Or give a man a fish, you've fed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you've given him a reason to sit by the river riverbank and drink beer for the rest of his life. Doesn't that just? It would have to be a redneck state for this, wouldn't it? Preferably. Well, we're leaving. Well, why don't you go? Well, we are. Well, go on then. And then go out in the parking lot and brawl. Makes me wonder. You know, if it had been a couple of decades ago, they could they, 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 they probably would have been on Dexatrim and out there fighting and scratching in the parking lot. Not a lot of opportunities for Dexatrim references anymore. There you go, Emilio. I'll bait and you tackle. Go away, I'm baiting. Uh, no, you're not. I, that, Lee in New York said, am I the only one who thought of the hockey trophy? No. Those, it, it, by a Stanley Cup from the cup holder. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're little miniature Lord Stanley cup, Lord Stanley's cups, that, and they'll fit in a cup holder and you know keep the cops from knowing you got a cocktail or something going on while you're toddling down the road. You are not alone. I don't know quite what we're talking about, Wave. I'm in a Woody Allen movie, he says. She's 47. Behave yourselves. She wants to see South Beach. Well, I think you should help her see South Beach. You behave yourself, too, young man. And profiles in greatness from... Oh, okay, this is good. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut. SCOTUS's first step in splitting the baby. Yes on keeping the orange shitbird on the ballot in all states. No on full presidential immunity. Perfect for SCOTUS. They can ensure the American electorate continues to be tortured by the orange shitbird's mad ravings. 
and they do what they can to ensure their own preservation because full immunity for Trump means goodbye to the SCOTUS, regardless of whether or he wins or loses to Biden. Cogent, quite cogent, Darlene. Now, Monkey Up has decided to chime in on marriage equality. You know, this is one of those. Uh, this is one of those places where we we should have some. Well, we should probably have some data by now. I know, Matt. Matt says Dexatrim. What's next? Black Beauties. Ah, oh, the memories. Scratch, scratch. Oh, where was? Oh, I was I was check I was checking out at the grocery store, and there was there were some people in front of me, and bless her heart, the skinny little. Skinny, skinny, skinny little woman was just standing there, kind of staring into space and scratching at her arm. A lot longer than most people would ever scratch anything. Just, you know, just idly, yeah, scratching. <laughs> yes, Matt, Dexatrim. Aww. Wave, she's cute. I, I, uh, I just got a picture. Behave yourself. Uh, a quick update <laughs> on the bar brawl. Stalvey's bait and tackle, Brother Deacon Asa says, happens to be in Conway, South Carolina. By the way, that's one of those dots on the old Southern Barbecue Pilgrimage Trail. Right alongside Hemingway, South Carolina, and so oh yeah, Hemingway is definitely that yeah. Lexington, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I'd heard of Conway. But anyway, what I was saying is we should probably have some data by now in that marriage equality has been the law of the land for coming up on ten years. So any of the uh, predicted doom of one man and one woman Christian marriage should be pretty available as a data point hmm? somebody tell monkey up yeah the this stupid little town hall last night on CNN yielded up some gems. I mean, Nimrata saying, I have some black friends. You have previously said that the definition of marriage is exclusively between a man and a woman. I'm curious, is that still how you feel today? So that, that's just what marriage is with the church, and I respect the Supreme Court's decision. We've abided by that in Florida, even though our Constitution defines it uh, as between a man and a woman. But I think what we need to recognize is you know, you are. Hold on there, monkey up. You super genius. Now, we respect the Supreme Court's decision. And God, his hands are waving and his head's a bobbing. Even though the Florida Constitution says marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah, honey, that. This guy's really got a law degree. Really? That's that's what your Florida state constitution says, and the Supreme Court said what your state's constitution says is unconstitutional. 
dumbass. Oh, but he wanted to he, he wanted to provide some perspective. I think what we need to recognize is, you know, you are going to have people try to wield power against our religious institutions and try to marginalize them simply by upholding uh, the biblical definition of marriage. And so I what? Wait. The queers are trying to persecute the poor Christians? Now, let's bear something in mind. There are not a lot of issues in this country where a serious majority agrees on anything. We get that with health care. We get that with the right to choose. And 71% of, the, of Americans agree with marriage equality. But Monkey Up says that a gay or lesbian couple getting married somehow threatens the church? Who's his campaign advisor? Uh, Rick Sanctum Santorum? I mean, even Republicans are about 50-50 on marriage equality. Yeah, I know. Don't, 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 don't get him crossed up with the facts. I'm going to protect those religious institutions to be able uh, to do what has always been done uh, in terms of how they consider uh, marriage as, as a sacrament. So, so, so in terms of the church, uh, that's just what it is. Now, in terms of the Supreme Court's decision with civil law, you know, the state, we had a different policy. This was before I was governor. Um, and so the state of Florida has respected that. We've got. Huh? Did any of that make anything resembling sense? Or was he. That, 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 that sounds like maybe the. Uh, a, I don't know, a, a marriage lecture from, from Bonomo. Good Lord. Uh, Brandon says, uh, subject line, pretty. And we're going to go there. Um. Hello, Robin. Hello, Brandon. There are two things that come to mind when I see these maggot women. One, they make pretty hard to look at. And two... Lines from the Mothers of Invention song, What is the Ugliest Part of Your Body? What is the ugliest part of your body? What's the ugliest part of your body? Some say it's your nose, some say it's your toes. I think it's your mind. That. Peace and love, ladies, says Brandon. Peace and love, Brandon. I think it's your mind. Yeah. So I mentioned that Council for the Parking Garage... had Alina Habana Habana Habana. Uh, well, she appeared on some uh, video podcast. The PBD podcast co-hosted by Brian Collin. 
uh, was curious why Nitwit Nero would choose counsel for the parking garage to represent him in serious litigation. So can you say any Assyrian words? No, I don't know Nothing. anything about that. Played into a role in this. To him or in the public? Because I can tell you it's been a double-edged sword. Yeah, both It's been something I have had to deal with in the positive and in the negative. I don't think I would be on TV or sitting here if I didn't look the way I look. I think I caught attention. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very honest about that, and I don't mind. I'm, an, I'm not a feminist, mm-hmm. okay? I believe in strong women, but I'm, I want my door opened. I'm not a feminist, but I want my door open. I believe in strong women. Yeah, see, that's one of those things. Maggot women have to say they're not feminists. It's not as awesome as they think it is to say that. I I am very much an old school. My parents are Middle Eastern, old school woman. Mm-hmm. I I when I'm at home, I cook. I I have a husband. I respect. I know how to turn it off. But do I not think that if, um, you know, so I'll I'll tell you something. Somebody said to me. Alina, would you rather be um, would you rather be smart or pretty? And I said, oh, easy, pretty. I can fake being smart. <laughs> but, I meet him all the time, Alina. <laughs> I can fake being smart. She's not as good at it as she thinks she is. Maybe she got her wish and doesn't know it. Kind of has a Dunning-Kruger flavor to it, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the honest truth, and it's going to make me, you know, I'm sure there'll be some Washington Post article about it tomorrow, Daily Beast, my favorite. But listen, like, you have to be honest. It doesn't hurt to be good looking in this world, in the PR world, on TV. It doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And when you're good looking, that's great, but it can also mean people think you're stupid or people think that President Trump hired me because I was good looking. That is absolutely not the case. And... uh I don't think that came out the way she intended it to. Um, I've won cases, many cases for him. I've won many cases before him. I represent other other people. I've owned my... I'm counsel to a parking garage? My own law firm. I'm independently, like I said, I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a combination of both. And if anybody wants to pretend otherwise, then you're just being silly. When you said double-edged sword, obviously anyone that represents Trump, Trump himself, the media is just going to try to eviscerate. Do you think that the media has maybe treated you a little bit more fairly because you're a woman? You know, believe all women, everything that's going on in the media, Mm, the feminist movement. (laughs) You think they've been harder on you? or When I first started, they were awful. I remember the first hit piece I got. uh, There was the Daily Beast um, did an article on me, Jose Palgieri. And she remembers the it name. It was probably two days in or two months into me actually working for him. And it said the one Trump lawyer everybody hates. And they talked about <laughs> how they thought I was hired because I was pretty, how the rest of the attorneys at uh, Trump Org and on the Trump team didn't like me. All probably true, by the way. He, he definitely had sources. There were quotes. Um, and at that moment, I have to tell you, it was the hardest. I, I remember laying on the floor. I'm a human being. I laid on the floor in my office in Bedminster. I shut the door and I cried. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't do this. I can't.
do things. Really? And I'm a tough cookie. But um, I remember what I did was I was in. Yeah, she's a tough cookie. Because after all, she knows how to say because and not because. Her smart. Oof. And the parking garage is owned by her husband, Ralphs reminds us. Yes. So that's that's just a little bit of a walk through a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm sure we're going to talk about many other things. But I I've talked we need to go to the we need to fire up the uh well, we need to go to the old holler tree. So uh, let me get that going. Yeah, Roger clearly didn't hire the brightest bulb in the box. Nitwit Nero. So that'll be happening in fairly short order. Okie doke. Uh, just a second. Question of whether he engaged in insurrection. Oh. Yeah, okay. Somebody's got some audio going. Ultimately, this is going to be one of the questions well, before the United States Supreme Court. I think we should be careful, though. I'm going I'm to jump in and respond. I think we should be quite careful. What? Uh, thank you. That audio needed to go away. Good evening, y'all. Hey, Roger. Hi. Good evening. How are you? I'm, I'm doing just fine. I got a little yard work done today with beautiful blue sky. And uh, got my two-mile walk in this morning, so, you know, everything's pretty good. Wonderful. Blue sky, what is that? Oh, it was amazing. I It, it was blue sky virtually all day. Getting on to that marriage thing that you were talking about, the church and the state and all the rest of it, there are two marriages in this country. <clears throat> One of them is the religious, and one of them is the civil. And the government has made a serious error going back into antiquity on relegating to the church to cohabit between the religious ceremony and the marriage contract, which is sanctioned by the government. What we should have... <clears throat> is that you are not married until you're married by the state. And that marriage by the state is getting that marriage certificate and going down and having somebody at the county courthouse ask each of the participants, do you take this person to be your marriage partner? They both say yes. The clerk stamps it with an official seal. And now you are married and covered under all the civil rules and regulations that are covered by the state. 
in California, it's a community property state. Pensions get shared and all kinds of other bullshit. Now, if you want to go to the church and get the rabbi, priest, pastor, whatever the religious leader wants to be called, and get his or her permission to go to bed and practice making babies, that's fine. But for the actual protection of the community property type stuff in states, it should be mandatory that you get the civil ceremony. Allowing the churches to take over the responsibility of creating the civil contract is another one of those mistakes that this country has made in their jurisprudence, so to speak. It's similar to my mind with uh, Lincoln being too soft on the South. It was an error made in antiquity that we continue to pay for. This is one of the reasons I've always said that when the whole thing, well, we can let them get civil unions. I'm like, everyone should get a civil union and then leave marriage, up, take marriage completely out of the legal realm. I stand corrected on the civil union side of that. But I, I don't see why when two people <clears throat> go get ceremoniously connected for the ever and after here in life and in the past and in the future and you'll always be married, i.e. the Mormon church rules and regulations of marriage, why that should be equal to the protection for child support which you're actually, you don't even need to be married for child support. Um, you don't have to have a civil union for child support. But <clears throat> it, it's the separation of church and state should exist to the civil contract of what we have defined as marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, the state says you can't be married to more than one person at a time. So you, you can't engage in that civil contract with more than one person. So why should the religious marriage be considered a uh, an act of a civil union? Well, I think but 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 I think the word marriage has meaning within general common English usage. And to say that, yeah, the, the, the implication that a, there's an implication that a civil union isn't as real as what we call marriage. It may not be as real to the staunch Roman Catholic as what they consider to be marriage, but who gives a shit what the Catholics say? In Peru, Frequently, the civil union marriage, which is required, is done prior to the religious ceremony of marriage. And so the couple goes down to the courthouse on, you know, during the week and gets their civil marriage. And if they're good religious Catholics... They each go home to their parents' house that night, 
and they await the church ceremony that typically happens on a Saturday. And then Saturday night, they get to go off and spend the night together. Because obviously they haven't spent the night together prior to what the church tells them they can do. Um, but you just go and get married in the Catholic Church, and then you decide you don't want to be married anymore, and you split up. Uh, the state has nothing to say about how you divide the property. You're not married in the eyes of the state because you didn't go through the civil ceremony. And uh, to me, it makes eminent sense. And I, I really don't care whether you call it marriage, civil union, blah, blah, whatever, whatever. But, you know, if, if you get married in the Catholic Church down there and, and you don't go to the civil ceremony and you go to the court and ask for a dissolution and division of community property because you were married, the court system down there, you weren't married to us. It's your problem. You figure it out. And that just gets back to what I was saying previously, you know, when because because I remember when this whole thing was the run up and everything all through the late 90s and the 2000s and everything. And they were making such a big deal about it. And I just said, just take marriage out of make it legally nothing. Marriage doesn't mean anything in a legal term. Just give everybody civil unions and then they can go fight with their respective churches and. That's between them and the churches. If the Roman Catholic Church doesn't want to recognize you as being married, that's between you and your faith. But legally, the protections would still apply. And that was always my solution to the whole problem. Right. And, and, and of course, Micah, the, uh, the problem is always going to be that it, it, it's, it's not a problem. Republicans are very good, maggots are very good at c creating solutions to problems that don't exist. And so, you know, no, nobody's going to, comp no one in government is going to compel Holy Mother Church to let a couple of gay guys get married in the church building. It's entirely the church's business. And the government can't tell a, a Unitarian Universalist congregation that they can't marry two individuals of the same sex. So, I, I, I mean, it's, 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 all, it's all just, it's all just uh, grievance performance theater. Everything well, yes they do and, is. Yes and no, though. There is kind of a rather unique situation with that, though. At least it used to be in Georgia when I got married. Um me and my spouse, we didn't care. Um, we were just going to go to the courthouse and say, take us to the justice of the peace and get the paperwork, and we would be fine. And we showed up and explained that to them, and they explained to us that, well, at least in the county we were in, there was no justice of the peace. There was no such thing. And they said, so what you're going to do is you're going to go up the street to the little church here, talk to this pastor guy. And see if he'll marry you. So we had to go to a church. We ended up getting married in a nice little uh, Georgian Methodist church, but we got married in a church, even though we really didn't want to. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about in how the state has abrogated their duty 
to create that civil union. They've given it over and sent it all off to the churches. Now, you should have been able to find a universal life minister that could have done it for you. Uh, because the Universal Life Church has been around since the 60s. And I shouldn't have to, though. Well, the, but the Universal Life Church was a, a little bit of a different one. Oh, you know, I think, I, I, yeah, I think I'm ordained. I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I know Annette is, we're both ordained by the uh, Universal Life Church. Yeah, you, you sent them $5 and said you wanted to be able to do marriages, and they sent you back a certificate that you filed with the county clerk that you were an ordained minister in the Universal Life Church and able to perform all the sacraments that the uh, state had abrogated to religions. But while I understand your point of view on that, and I understand the point of view that this is an all-inclusive every, I shouldn't have to associate myself with any third party to have this done. I think that in itself is a major problem. I, 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 I agree with you, but the Universalist Life Church uh, kind of did an end run around that to where anybody and everybody could be a, quote, minister in the church. And a lot of people managed to get some tax exemption shit out of town because they, they held a dinner every Saturday night for all their friends. And as long as there were five people meeting on a regular basis, they could classify as a church. Somebody just drove home and making noise. Yeah, I just heard the car door. It's me. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to go to participants and see who it was, but it died before I could get there. Well, I was just at home watching TV, minding my own business, and I got a notification on my phone that Roger Smith was calling me on Skype. And so I picked it up, and suddenly I'm in the uh, Friday on the Front Porch group. Well, probably what happened. Probably, <laughs> but, all right. Probably what happened is last week you joined on your own, and you were still in the participants list. And when I start to call, I ring the group. And I am a little hesitant to be kicking people out of the group in the middle of the week, uh, as some of the other moderators do, because I'm never totally familiar with all the names and all the rest of it and would hate to kick somebody out that wanted to be in the group. But if I do ever kick somebody out who is interested in being in the group, my kicking is not banning. It simply <laughs> removes you from the ring list when I start the phone call. I know what sure. happened, Roger. I believe this person is the person who joined us late last week and said they're going to bed, but thanks for the offer. I think that's who we're talking to. <laughs> yes, my name is Carl. Hello, everybody. Oh, hey, Carl. Uh, hi, Carl. Yes, this is Carl in Phoenix. Yes. And um, Robin, nice to finally get to talk to you. Oh, nice to chat well, with you. I love that I gave you a giggle or two the other day. You did, you did. I listen to you on my way to La La Land every night, and um, sometimes I'm jolted because you say something so funny or you do a dialect that cracks me up, big time. But I had called last week because I was on your website, and 
I didn't realize that the Friday on the front porch lasted until after the program ended. Yeah, that's the back porch. And, yeah, and so I, um, I got on. I don't know. I got on your list somehow, but. Anyway, I wasn't intending to talk on the Friday on the front porch today. I was just on my way to CVS to pick up some prescriptions. But I am happy that I got to finally speak to everyone. And um, just to say that love the show and all the participants. I've heard all of these familiar voices many times. It, and it, it, it familiar is a good because it does it breeds it breeds a certain familiarity a certain familiarity, and I think that's part of what makes it all so special. Yes, and I didn't mean to uh, audio bomb your conversation, but um, I had no idea what you're even talking about. Is is this live yes, now on yes, the radio? Yes, we're live. Oh, okay. And look, Sorry. you haven't I'm fainted just... or passed out or gotten the fan tods or anything. Do this anytime. Doing it live. <laughs> we'll do it well, live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it live. It's only four thirty here, so that's why I wasn't sure. Um, that's why I normally don't get to listen to you live, to be honest, because it's during time. But I love to listen to the podcast, and I, I'm eagerly anticipating it every day. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you. I, I, we've we've. We've chatted most over on that website formerly known as Twitter, uh, and uh, it's not—it's nice to—it's yes. nice to hear your actual voice. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I will listen to the show tonight on the podcast, and I wish everyone a good rest of the day. Thank you, Carl. Great talking to you. You too. Well, good, Bye. Good, good night. Good night to your future self. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will hear myself in the future. Thank you. Have a great one, everybody. Okay. See you, Carl. All right, oh, bye. Oh, fun. Hey, how's it going, Robin? I'm good. What's happening? Oh, man, this this Epstein thing is so confusing. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for, to to let it all sort itself out. I do know that I do, I do know that Alan Dershowitz is losing his shit some more. Notice the some more part. Um, he said, uh, oh, oh, goodness, I, I think I've got it here. Uh, and the ones who are protesting are the ones hiding something. Uh, yeah, and, and he said he wanted to find the, he wanted the names of the radical feminists who had, who had chased him and forced all this to, and, 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 of course, along the way, I say, I never did anything improper. I only got massages. Massages. The irony is a lot of people who were on his plane never went to the island, had nothing to do with the little girls or whatever was going on. Uh, Epstein was a philanthropist, rich. He would invest in people, so people like Stephen Hawking would come with programs to investigate or to invest in. And that's what happened with Stephen Hawking. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Prize is someone even like Bill Gates showed up on there. Do you want to know what rich people do to meet when they don't want to be heard by anyone? They fly across the country in a plane and talk for three hours. It's a known fact. It's just what they do. Uh, it, I think Prince Andrew is probably in the in the in the, in the deepest pot of soup where oh, all definitely. this is concerned. But yeah, he, yeah, Epstein Epstein flew people all over the world, 
And yes, Bill Clinton flew to Africa with Jeffrey Epstein on a philanthropy mission of some sort. Is that? And I'm not defending Bill Clinton. It, you know, burn, burn, uh, burn it all down for any of these fuckers who participated in his little Lolita Express on Rape Island. Seriously. It's just so gross, so entirely gross. What really has has me laughing is the fact that all the, the pictures that are popping up on Twitter of him and Trump together and all the maggots saying, that's photoshopped, that's photoshopped, bullshit, it's not photoshopped. And there, of course, I've seen it. No, Donald Trump's not on the list. Donald Trump's not on the list. Honestly, I'm not I'm I'm not that invested in putting a lot of effort into the Epstein list simply because there are so many things that are so much more important. And I'm not downplay I'm not downplaying the trafficking or anything like that. But it's still a matter of just names on names on a list. Right. Um, but you know the maggots are going to use it, and they're going to use it as as their as more ammo. For oh, I'm sure. Su- I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure the the that that dipshit over at Gateway Pundits already uh, declared that Hunter Biden was living on Epstein Island or something equally dipshit. I mean, it's just the world we live in, right? Yep, unfortunately. Oh, and by the way, uh, we are past the halfway point of the program. We're trying to uh, scrape up uh, 205 bucks this evening, and we'll be fully funded for the three days I was on the air here in the beginning of January. A little program note. Uh, I will not be here on Tuesday. There is, and it blew my mind when I realized it, but uh, I've been invited to attend a gathering commemorating the 10th anniversary. Can y'all believe this? The 10th anniversary of the Freedom Disaster. You remember the Freedom Disaster, don't we? Yep. When Freedom Industries dumped... 40,000 gallons or so of a toxic chemical into the water supply of nine counties in, in West Virginia and poisoned 300,000 people to one degree or another. So I'm going to be at that. I'm going to be, be at that commemoration. We're going to talk a lot about clean water because it matters. And and I don't know that that I don't even know that it was ever even adequately addressed. That was such a hard winter because by the time uh, the ninth got here, it was already brutally cold. Snow was coming down. You know, we went a month where the snow didn't even melt, and it was a 
couple of feet deep in places. And the antiquated, old, worn-out, rusted iron pipes were bursting all over the place because we were getting down into double-digit uh, double-digit negative temperatures. And it happened to be my, my first experience with uh, uh, being on MSNBC. But the one thing I remember the most is that as that thing was taking place, the West Virginia Coal Association on Twitter posted, Well, if it's good enough to clean coal, it's good enough to clean me. And then immediately sent it down the memory hole. Because even when people are being sickened and poisoned, the coal industry is there to praise anything having to do with the coal industry. Because remember, remember methyl chlorohexane methanol is a chemical that's used in the coal cleaning process after the coal's been mined and it's gone to the prep plant. And here at the 10-year yep. mark, it's worth noting that there are still roughly 300,000 people in this state who are involuntary participants in a long-term epidemiologic study on the hazards of exposure to methylchlorohexane methanol. Uh, you know, Robin, it's the same same. Not not the same thing, but 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 same concept when they do natural gas fracking and the uh, toxic waste that's left over from that. And they, we've seen those specials on HBO that I don't know if you've seen it, but that special called Gasland and Gasland Part Two. And I think there's a Part Three coming out to where these places in America where they have uh, done the natural gas fracking and, and now the, the chemicals are in the groundwater. Yeah. Well, there, there are, uh, there's one site up in Marion County, West Virginia, which is the county seat of Fairmont, where Geiger counters go off as if they were sitting next to a, 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 a big radioactive pile of waste because they don't, it is. People don't think about the fact that fracking involves radioactive materials in some instances. And the funny thing is, it's where the it's where the little the the, the kids go to drink and screw and yeah you know, things that teenagers and twenty somethings do. Yeah. I wanted to mention something um, kind of in passing, but not really. Two candidates, you know, because we're talking about Donald Trump can't be taken off the ballot. The voters need to have a right to decide. Using a little-known statute, two candidates for the Ohio legislative primary have been removed from the ballot. There is a an obscure state statute that says anyone who has changed their name within the last five years has to 
put that on their ballot application. There is a legal workaround for people who have changed their name by marriage. It's not a problem. But two trans women in Ohio running for office have now been removed from the ballot. Well, one's already been removed. One is in the process of being removed. Because they went through name changes. They want to insist that trans uh, trans people put their dead names on their ballot application. There's only one problem. There's nothing in the application packet that refers to that statute. And there is no room on the actual form for, you, for, the, for the potential candidate to list that. And it is only being used so far against trans women who want to run for office. And there are probably other states that have something similar. There are at least two or three. Add to this the fact that today, Governor Mike DeWino of Ohio held a news conference trying to protect his veto of HB 68, which was the trans sports and medical ban. And the way he's trying to protect, uh, protect his veto is by making it worse than anything the, le- this, the legislation actually had in it. He's already signed an executive order banning uh, gender surgeries for minors that weren't being done in the first place. Again, solving problems that don't exist. And he is proposing... And this is this is terrifying because I can see this I, I can just I can feel it coming crossing our river uh, into West Virginia from Ohio. I can I, I can I can feel I, I just know there's some maggot in the West Virginia legislature who's gonna say oh, that's a great idea. He's proposing a state rule that would make it almost impossible for anyone, child or adult, to access gender-affirming care. Any gender-affirming care under this proposed rule in Ohio would require consent from, get this, an endocrinologist, a psychiatrist, and wait for it, a bioethicist. It's not even... it. I mean... How many bioethicists are there in the state of Ohio? Two? Three? Ten. Say there's ten. And they're going to spend... And, and, and bioethicists aren't actually participants in any treatment processes. But it's a great way to get somebody that's been vetted and approved by the Alliance Demeaning Freedom to tell all the trans people to go to hell. Uh, 
anyone who wants to transition under this rule would have to go through years of gatekeeping, mental health counseling. And DeWine said of, of, of his plan, it needs to be lengthy and it needs to be comprehensive. We've seen this already before, mentioning, for instance, uh, that if a patient has, uh, is identified as being in any wise on the autism spectrum, that that means they can't transition. This is cruelty in the extreme. And it will be, it'll probably be the, le- the next fight. And if, it, if something like that gets introduced here, God knows if it passes, I'll have to have that godforsaken, heartbreaking conversation again about whether or not I'm going to have to leave. It's a hell of a thing, y'all. It really is. I, under, uh, under, under, under no rubric would that be even remotely constitutional. But we don't have a court that we can count on to say that. And it's, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. Emilio says, and a bioethicist, and a neo-opus deist, and a letter of recommendation from two living popes and one dead one. Pretty much. So Did you hear about what was going on over in New Hampshire? Uh, uh, Mike, I didn't get all the details, but please. So I guess there is a state representative over there who's a Democrat who's jumping on this train. Jesus, God. Change parties, please. Hang on, I'm trying to find the information. It was on my blue sky earlier. Well, this almost sounds like they're trying to institute that... Gay aversion therapy to transsexual, and the 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 gay aversion therapy has been outlawed in several states. Yeah, you mean conversion therapy? So, yeah, the conversion therapy. <clears throat> so I would hope some state like California bans any hint of it. but the problem, Rogers. I mean, that's great, but you know. If if you're you know if you're me in this state, am I better off fighting for my life here with a roof over my head or moving to California and being homeless? Well, you could try to enter the state as a I hate the term illegal immigrant because now they're cap- they're eligible for Medi-Cal from the day one. Oh, I think I'd be uh, I, I, the- I think I'd be eligible for Medi-Cal. But the greater problem well, is find, is how to find somewhere to live. I, I I understand what you're saying, Robin. I'm just saying that my conservative friend in California is uh, having kittens with crocheted tails <clears throat> over the fact that uh, undocumented aliens are now being it's opening up. It, Gavin Newsom has opened up Medi-Cal, <clears throat> which is a Medicaid program. Uh, to all undocumented individuals uh, in the state, and they're 
They're screaming bloody murder about, well, even veterans can't get health care. Now we're giving it to illegal aliens. Anyhow, it's just. I hope they. Yeah, I hope I hope they die mad about it, Roger. Uh, yeah, that's well, a horrible thing the to say. The but, better. Yeah. Okay, Michael, what do you got? So it's uh, Representative Jonah Wheeler, Democrat from Petersboro, uh, who basically is arguing that the procedures are inappropriate for children. Um, he says that the question before us is whether or not children under the age of 18 should be able to get these surgeries. I, despite being a liberal who believes in those human rights, do not believe this is the case. I've been speaking to people for the last four weeks about this bill. The only argument against it being that the amendment opens the door to other bad trans bills. But folks, the slippery spoke, the slippery slope fallacy, I don't think applies here. Oh, what a uh, dipshit. He goes on to say, I hope all of you on this side of the aisle who definitely believe in human rights, who believe in protecting non-discrimination, would consider the irreversible surgeries that kids are get, going to be getting if this bill does not if this bill does not pass. Wait, New Hampshire is performing gender surgeries on minors? According to this representative. No, they're not. I mean, they're not. You know, the, you know, these these irreversible surgeries. Oh, please. I don't know of anywhere in the United States where anyone under 18 can get surgery done on their genitalia. There are some extremely rare and isolated cases in which suicide trans boys, suicidal trans boys, have been allowed to get what is referred to in, in uh, FTM spaces as top surgery. But here's the trick. It's basically no different than a cis teenage girl getting a breast reduction because that's what it is. And I know you know or, this. And I know well, you know this, Micah. Yeah. Or, or as I've seen. Sorry to just chime in on this. I there was a building manager of my shared office space told me when she was seven. It was either sixteen or seventeen. She got breast augmentation. Oh sure. And she had and she had and they, I guess they used this the saline. You know, one of the, the saline I, implants. But after she turned 18, she was going to get the silicon ones because apparently didn't she wasn't allowed to have the saline ones. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. uh, well, uh, very few, there are very few people use very few surgeons using saline anymore because maybe it was because maybe it was because she. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, because because the advances because of the advances that have been made with silicone ones. Okay. They don't. They're not as. They're not as problematic as they once were, and you know because earlier they were prone to leaking, and Leakage, that was yeah. yeah, and that was not good. Uh, but the new ones that are referred to euphemistically as gummies uh, are really stable. So there's that. But yeah, I so, mean, and and remember. All these bills against genital surgery 
never ban parents from, again, un, uh, unreversibly altering a baby's genitals in an intersex child. You know, where a baby will be born with both sets of both sets of genitals. There's very, no, and and intersex people exist on planet Earth at roughly the same percentage as true redheads. So it's not you know, that tiny. Um, and and there's loads of data to say that when you make that decision for an infant, it tends to blow up in, in the parents' faces when the kids get old enough to, you know, start puberty. Meanwhile, there's another story out, an actual study of precocious puberty in children. For whatever reason, the age at which children enter puberty has been going down uh, for as long as we've been measuring. The story over at NBC mentions a child who was five years old when she started developing breasts. And it goes on to mention that uh, precocious puberty happens more, uh, begins at younger ages now, especially among young black girls. And doctors want to be able to treat that. But the same medications that these kids, cis kids who have precocious puberty, are on for a decade or more is too dangerous and experimental for a 12-year-old to be on for three years. Hmm? Yeah. And uh, uh, the age of pu- the average age of puberty onset runs for eight, from eight to thirteen for girls in the U.S. And it's been dropping by about three months every decade for the last forty years. And so a growing number of children are showing signs of puberty, developing breasts, acne, pubic hair, or deepening of the voice, even younger than the average. Starting earlier than age 8 for girls or earlier than age 9 for boys. And it's dangerous. But again, the medication only, is only dangerous and experimental if it's used to provide gender-affirming care for a child who's trans. Because without it, they may unalive themselves. There's a substantial risk. And just as is the case in Mike DeWino's Ohio, that's an outright attempt to erase trans people of all ages from just being Ohioans. People, I'm following this over there. I know some people. And people are seeing this, and they're beginning to make plans to flee. 
Now, fortunately, if you're in Ohio, you, you get through Indiana and you can be safe in Illinois. Or just head north and hang out with me. That's true, too. Michigan. Meanwhile, in the grand scheme of things, while all this is going on, did you hear what idiot Joe Manchin said? No. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> Go ahead. Joe, Ma- Joe Manchin said he thinks it's time for the Dixiecrats to come back. Yeah, probably thinks it's time for High Button Greaves to come back, too. Dixiecrats. Why don't he just go to the other side? Because that's who he's really. Because they don't want him. Because everything, every, he would, he would turn, he would. The West Virginia Republicans don't want him. The whole reason he's not running for Senate again, then, is because he knows that make West Virginia great, big old Governor Jim Justice is going to hand him his ass. Because Joe, to the mansion born doesn't have the same kind of walking around Mr. Mr. Clampett walking around money that Joe and Baby Dog have or that uh, Jim and Baby Dog have so you know it's going to be a trepidatious year y'all just is. Yep. Oh, and I had a message uh, uh, from Steve in New York yesterday um, after I'd gotten home too late. But, and God, I hate to go here. But, again, here we are. Uh, in the program on Wednesday... We talked about the fact that the fascist government of Israel was heatedly and vociferously denying that they were trying to shuffle Palestinians in Gaza off to the, in Gaza off to the Congo. Well, apparently. Um, it's not as false as the Israeli government would like. And, and so now they're talking about, well, I mean, but uh, they can voluntarily immigrate. And what Steve pointed out is uh, uh, ma- making it voluntary takes it out of the definition of genocide. What an art of word, word knowing understands, uh, an art of word knower understands is that this tells us that the Israeli government knows this is genocide. They damned well do because Bibi is now running around barking and grunting and hooting and braying about how Israel is not committing genocide because, among other things, South Africa, of all places, South Africa has now sued in international court, Israel, on a claim of apartheid and genocide. Uh, Psycho Bibi, Keskese, said uh, that the 
Israeli slaughter of Gaza is the most just and moral there is. Because what the South Africans said in the International Court of Justice is that what Israel has done to Gaza thus far has yielded up enough death, destruction, and humanitarian crisis to meet the threshold of genocide under international law. So 21,500 dead aren't enough dead Palestinians to qualify as the front end of the beginnings of a genocide. But, on the other hand, October 7th was enough to justify flattening Gaza and killing with reckless abandon. The UN rights envoy has said he is very disturbed. Uh, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Volker Turk, said that uh, high-level statements by high-level Israeli officials on plans to <clears throat> voluntarily transfer Gazan Palestinians to third countries very disturbed. This was he put it went on where what used to be Twitter. Very disturbed by high-level Israeli official statements on plans to transfer civilians from Gaza to third countries. 85% of people in Gaza are already internally displaced. They have the right to return to their homes. Hey, Robin? Yes? You know who I wish we could get to come over here from John's camp because he is Jewish and he probably has a really big opinion on what's going on in Israel right now? That's uh, Mitch Goldstein. Uh, I mean, we we have we have no shortage of, of Jewish people within the Horn family community congregation. Oh, we don't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, here's another one of those fascists. Uh, this is uh, Israeli Heritage Minister Amichai Eliyahu. Someone asked him, well, you know, should y'all just nuke Gaza? And he said, this is one of the possibilities. Oh, God. I mean, the, the, there's, no, there's no way that these are not genocidal urges. Uh, Psycho Bibi then turned around and suspended Anachai Eliyahu for saying what he said, you know, saying the quiet part out loud. Naturally, this fascist asshole is a member of what's his fuck Ben Gavir's uh, fascist party. He doesn't get to go to cabinet meetings anymore. He's not part of the war cabinet and he doesn't get to go anymore. You can't say the quiet part out loud. Uh, Bibi said, Amichai Eliyahu's words are detached from reality. Israel and the IDF are acting in accordance with the highest standards of international law. Proof that there's no great big juvenile delinquent bearded sky daddy up there, because lying like that would get, would get you a lightning bolt and you'd be a greasy spot. 
in order to prevent harm to uninvolved people. So, but you know what? Once you got 21,500 dead people, they're uninvolved, aren't they? The best way to uninvolve them is to make them dead. Plus, they don't like to say this part out loud, but they don't really, as far as they're concerned, if you're a Palestinian, you are involved. Yeah. It's a very neat, easy way to say, oh, yeah, it's only the people who aren't involved. Those people just don't exist. They just don't say that second part. Yeah, you, you I mean, the, the proof is there. You can be a bait in arms and be involved with Hamas. It's horrible. Germany has now chimed in. And uh, uh, the German foreign ministry spokesman Sebastian Fischer said of the calls made by uh, what's-his-fuck Ben Gavir and uh, Beelzebub Smotrich about ethnically cleansing Gaza, uh, Fischer said that this doesn't help resolve the issue and that the government in Berlin utterly rejects the comments. And made clear that back when uh, the G7 was in Tokyo, that uh, Germany made its position unmistakably clear. And that the world needs to hear Israel say out loud that the forced removal of Palestinians and the flattening of the territory should be ruled out. And added that Germany still supports a two-state solution. There's only one problem. Israel doesn't support a two-state solution. And the only way to have a one-state solution is to have one state that doesn't have any Palestinians in it. Oh, boy. That's all we need. Can I ask a question of the community? Please do. And this, this is going to be very horrible. Does anybody honestly believe that Gaza will exist after the end of whatever this is? I think the I think the end goal uh, in in the Israeli government is I mean it will physically exist, but it will be a part of Greater Israel. Yeah. I mean, it will not exist as, with, with any sort of independence. They've already said that it won't. Even after the war, BB says, "No, nah, we're we're going to stay right there. We're going to run things, y'all." Yeah, and, uh, on a on a different note, I don't. Every time, one of the big reasons I listen to the program is so I can get my news. I don't watch the news. I don't read the news anymore. I can't. So I, I feel a little bit ignorant when it comes to these, particularly LGBT issues and in particular trans issues, and other issues. I feel horrible that I don't know about them. But Robin. I, I can't. I can't fucking watch the news. Is that because you can't stand the horror, or is it because you can't yeah. stand the reporting? 
I can't, I can't, I can't. Because I, I saw, every, I asked because I saw a propaganda piece on MSNBC earlier today. Yeah, I can't because every time when I do watch and I do see, the only thing in my mind is it breaks my fucking heart. Number one, and then what really breaks my the rest of me is knowing that these death tolls we are seeing right now aren't even close to what it actually is and what it's going to be. There are, we, you know, are there any parts of Gaza where there were buildings that aren't raised to the ground? And in that case, is there anybody other than people with their hands and shovels and buckets digging under this rubble to see who's under there? I don't know how you do that with bombs and missiles happening. Yeah. And, I, and now, I and, and now, and now, the ethnic cleansing has, of course, expanded into the West Bank. There is a Palestinian refugee camp in the West Bank near a city called Tulkarm. It's called the Nur Shams camp, and the IDF has been attacking and raiding those refugees. They've placed Tulkarm under siege. And people are being taken away in the dark and still of the night. They've been taken. Uh, they've been uh, seized from Janine, Tulkarm, Nablus, Ramallah, Bethlehem, Hebron, and Tubas. Dozens of homes being stormed. Personal belongings seized, stolen. Uh, the IDF occupiers blew up a home of an already martyred Palestinian, Sanad Ghanam, inside the Nur Shams camp. That explosion destroyed other homes and public facilities. And the Israelis have just gone in and destroyed that home on multiple occasions. The the so-called martyr, Sanad Ghanam, has been dead for almost 20 years. Occupying troops have looted Palestinian shops, vandalized them. Um, Armored bulldozers are destroying streets in Tulkarm. Destroying infrastructure, destroying properties. You know, the same kind of armored bulldozer that ran over peace activist Rachel Corey. And about which the United States government said, well, ho-hum. And thank you. Uh, Thanks go out. Uh, We're not a goose egg anymore. We're down to $180 to go, thanks to Raymond. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you so kindly. Hopefully you'll get a little more company. That would be wonderful, because uh, we're just trying to knock down 205 bucks, which is which would see us fully funded for this first week of January. Oh, and uh, this 
uh, I doubt if this will get much coverage. But a few uh, two days ago, an imam in Newark, New Jersey, was shot in the early morning hours outside that mosque. It was the Muhammad Newark Mosque. We don't have a name for the imam yet. As of that reporting, the imam was in critical condition. What I have before me says an investigation is underway. Authorities declined to release additional information. NBC, NBC News New York has said that the victim is Imam Hassan Sharif. He's listed on the website as the resident imam. Thank you, Ralphs. We're down to 155. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being there, Ralphs. I do. So just kind of pay attention and see if you hear anything about an imam being shot on January 3rd. Don't be surprised if you don't. I mean... Oh, and uh, this... Uh, member of the Knesset Zvi Sukkot uh, of course a fascist from the Zvi uh, uh, from the uh, religious Zionism party gave a speech at a parliamentary committee session this past Tuesday wherein he said, and this, I think, goes to the heart of your question, Steve, Occupy, annex, destroy all houses, and build wide and large settlements. Give the lands we occupy to our soldiers. And so far, further answering your question, thus far, the IDF has destroyed 65,000 housing units, partially destroyed 290,000 more, hundreds of government buildings, schools, and mosques. Yet meanwhile, uh, Zvi Sukkot said that uh, the large settlements should be named after the IDF soldiers who went in and destroyed the place and wants to give land plots to the soldiers who have done that. He wants to, ter- he wants to uh, transform Palestine Square in Gaza City into Israeli Hero Square. And of course, he is by far not alone. Their leader is, of course, Beelzebub of the Religious Zionist Party, is uh, Finance Minister Beelzebub Smotrich. Well. So I think, Steve, your question, is it answered? 
Only in the sense that nobody disagreed with me. So, yes, it's answered. And as Irish Dave notes, uh, the, uh, the imam is still dead and the cops have no suspects. Round up twice the number of usual suspects. Well, Robin, do you think, I know this is horrible, but do you think it's fitting that some people are saying that Netanyahu, how do you say his last name? Netanyahu? Netanyahu. Netanyahu? Just Bibi. Some people are saying that Bibi is Hitler 2.0. Well, I mean, some people. I'd hate to know what some people say about me. But uh, until, you know, until it is, I, no, I, I, I disagree because only Hitler can be Hitler, okay? Right. I think they're trying to compare him to Hitler is what they're trying to do. Uh, meanwhile, profiles encourage from national security spokesman, um, oh, uh, doggone it, uh, well, this. You'll hear the question, hear his answer. South Africa's filed this 84-page lawsuit against Israel, accusing them of genocide. Israel says that this is blood libel. Does Washington agree? And where does this put Washington and Pretoria? We find this uh, submission meritless, counterproductive, and uh, completely without any basis in fact whatsoever. Jesus. Well, I mentioned that because... Today, the only Palestinian-American political appointee in the Department of Education submitted his resignation yesterday. His name is Tariq Habash. He sent his resignation to Education Secretary Miguel Cardona. He said... I cannot stay silent as this administration turns a blind eye to the atrocities committed against innocent Palestinian lives in what leading human rights experts have called a genocidal campaign by the Israeli government. Dissent is growing between members of the um, Biden administration. This does not bode well. Mr. Habash also said it should go without saying that all violence against innocent people is horrific. I mourn each and every loss, Israeli and Palestinian, but I cannot represent an administration that does not value all human life equally. You know, the way John Kirby did in that clip that we just played. Yeah. Hey TJ, thank you. TJ, thank you so much. We are down to 155. Thank you, TJ. Means a lot. Hey Robin, it's Kevin. Hey Kevin. You know, remember when Netanyahu came up to Washington and spoke through the Congress at the invite, I believe at the time the Republican-led House. When Obama was president? Yeah. That was Speaker Merlot. I really... Cowbell for that. 
I mean, when I, when I saw him doing that as an American, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I really, it rubbed me the wrong way. It, it really pissed me off to see that happen. So that he, uh, you know, kind of one up Obama. I know him and Obama didn't get along and who gives a fuck. But, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, I lost all respect for him back then. And the shitty grin he had on his face when he was talking, it just, it just, it just, well, I'm, I'm still pissed that right wing supporters of, uh, Netanyahu back during the time that, uh, Barack Obama was president. Um, were mobbed up in the streets yelling the Yiddish word that is the equivalent of yeah <clears throat> that word. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, who they yeah. are. I remember, I remember you mentioned that the other night, yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, it's not every Israeli by any stretch of the imagination, but the problem is Israel has a hardcore right-wing fascist government because enough Israelis are like that. They got mm. the government they wanted. They got the government did. they voted for eagerly. Yep. Mm-hmm. How, how much are they subject to gerrymandering and all that kind of BS like we are, though? It is such a different system, Micah. I mean, I don't it's know. It's not the same thing. It, it, I, I can describe it if you want. Yeah, please. You'll well, do better I than just, me. Well, it's like it's like well, it's, it's like just, a, par, well, a parliamentary well, it's a parliamentary system. Right, so, right. So but, but it, it is the for, majority for, vote. For, forgive me though. I mean, less to the point of the actual mechanisms in place. I worry about the the way that was phrased that they got the government they voted for. By the same metric, so did we. But no, I we worry. Didn't. That's the thing we didn't. The electoral well, college gave us the the, the government we voted. That they, that gave us the. Just just realize it. In a parliamentary system, you don't vote for the chief executive. You vote for your your member of parliament. And they amongst and they themselves vote. are like the prime minister, right? Right. So the, the gerrymandering really isn't. It's not this. It's not a same thing. I mean, gerrymandering. Gerrymandering doesn't implicate our our presidential election. What implicates our presidential election is the electoral electrical is the electoral college. The reason I say that is because you can't gerrymander. I mean, each state acts as a single district in the presidential election. So each, you know, whereas the gerrymandering, what they do, what they do is, is they uh, screw with the districts in order to get the electorate they want. You can't do that when it's, it's essentially one at large election in each state, which is, you know, and in the, in the smaller states have the disproportionate, um, uh, uh, what's the word I want? Disproportionate effect on the outcome. If, you know, if, if a state is in fact entirely gerrymandered, it, it for the presidential election it doesn't matter 
because you, you don't vote by district. It's just I live in state X. I get one vote. It's the same as, ironically, um, Senate elections. Senate elections are, at least in terms of our legislature, are the most democratic, at least in terms of the election of our legislature, are the most democratic elections that we have because everybody, regardless of where you live in a state, gets a vote, gets one vote. That's the difference in gerrymandering is when you can section off a particular jurisdiction, meaning state, that's where that is meaningful. In And that's just not possible under that not, system. I get it. Or, or even under our system, it, if we didn't have the electoral college, you couldn't, gerrymandering wouldn't have any implication for um, electing the president. Does that, is that, does that make sense? I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just trying to, that's probably, well, that is among the, the differences between having a, I forgot what I was going to say, but, but in I, any event. At the end elect- of the day, at the end of the day, the system matters less as much as it does that the way their system is set up precludes that being a factor, whereas it is in ours. I, 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 I Without need, without understanding quite all the nuance you're throwing at me, I, I get that. I get the underlying point. Well, and another th- another thing worth taking into account, Micah, is that, for instance, this religious Zionism party and whatever the party is of uh, what's his fuck Ben Gavir, those are parties that have intense support in the uh, the illegal occupied uh, settlements. So when we say they got the government they wanted, yeah, they did. They really did because the you know it's uh, the, the the illegal settlements are hotbeds of radicalism in Israel. And and I don't I do know in the UK and in Canada, which is why you don't have the appeal to these smaller parties. Is that you don't need a majority to form a government. Like in Canada, um, Justin Trudeau does not. The Labour yes, Party does not. Ha- no, there is no coalition. That's my point. You don't need a majority. You only need the the largest block of votes, which right. is why you have in, in Canada you have a minority government. In the United Kingdom, you could conceivably have a minority government because you don't need a majority government to govern or a coalition government to govern. The only way you would need a coalition government is if you had one party that, say, had 48 percent, another party had 45 percent, and then you had a third party that had 12 percent. Or uh, 45, 48, what's that? 93 would have 7%. In that instance, the 43% and the 7% could could form a coalition. If they couldn't, then the one with 48% would be the government. It would be a minority government. Whereas in Israel, what it sounds like is they actually need a majority vote of a particular person in order for that person to become prime minister. Does that again? Does that? I know that sounds a little bit. No, that no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. So I mean, it, <laughs> no, I mean no, no. It, do, do, do you understand? Do you, not do you understand? I'm not being that way, Micah. You know that. 
But this is a case of a government being the voice of its people. Yes, there are minority members of the cabinet who aren't entirely batshit crazy insane, but they don't have enough uh, force to wield power. What, what it comes down to is this, Robin, is the government Israel of Israel, the the uh, what's the, uh, the uh, the ideology, the spectrum of of the government is think of it this way: Likud and to the right of Likud. Yeah, because so this, this, these, right. these these Ben Gavir neo Nazis and Smotrich neo Nazis are act, part of the governing coalition. Well, they aren't. They're not in the war cabinet per se. No, but I mean, in terms of the governing coalition of putting uh, of like you said, the government they want, it's Likud and to the right. It's not like Likud and anybody to the left of Likud. Right. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you didn't. I appreciate you. But isn't it fair to say, hey, happy Friday, everybody. Yeah, happy Friday, Christopher. Happy Friday, little Arlo. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he was battling with the blackberry bushes today. I think he, well. I don't think think he's going to win that fight. No, he's he's figuring it out that they're sharp. Sharp sucks. He, He figured that out today. Well, you know what? Thank God! Uh, thank God you don't live in uh, porcupine country. Oh God! Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I, I knew a I knew a golden retriever. Or no, it was a lab. I knew a lab once in northern Wisconsin, who was just a loving and curious little dog, big dog. And a porcupine came along, and he's like, "Hey, want to play?" And got a snoot full of, oh. and got a snoot full of quills for his trouble. Oh God can't even imagine but uh, I, I just wanted to piggyback a little bit and just say just like the rest of the world is it fair to say that Israel has undergone in the past 15 years 20 years a pretty strong drift to the right because I don't think I remember back when there was extremely strong debate about any kind of settlements at all expansion and that the majority of the Israeli people were against it. I don't think you'd say that now, but it used to be that way. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not. Because and I think there's a substantial population in Israel that's that abhors this idea of these insane, radical, ortho, ultra orthodox folks throwing Palestinians out of their houses in East Jerusalem. They abhor that, but it's a it's a much less number than it was before. Look, there's a vibrant, and God knows I've been told this a bunch of times. There is a vibrant LGBTQ community in places like Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is extremely metropolitan. It's modern, and these you know these are generally people who are not 
Remember, there were before October seventh, and that's why I, that's why I'm so thoroughly convinced that Psycho Beebe lie hopped it. There were hundreds of thousands of Israelis in the streets telling Bibi Netanyahu not to, not to, not to try to to destroy the Israeli judicial system because he wanted to rule by fiat. He and the weirdos in the Knesset. And then this happened, and suddenly the talk of of, of shutting anything down. Because, you know, at at one point prior to October 7th, there were reservist jet fighter pilots who were saying, I ain't getting in the damn plane. Mm -hmm. Guess who got right in the damn plane after October 7th? Yep. So they basically lied. Well, uh, no. Things change when you're attacked. I mean, we... We saw this uh, – we did this with the Iranian people. When when W said his axis of evil speech and picked out Iran by name, that rally, they all rallied together. They're like, oh, shit, the great Satan's coming for our asses. When – after 9-11, I, the Iran helped us a lot. They gave us aid. They – they sympathized with us and everything, but that all changed after the Axis of Evil speech. Well, wasn't Iran one of the first countries to condemn the 9-11 attack? I mean, maybe I'm missing. Yes. No, yes. I think you're that. absolutely right. Yes, yes, they were. Yes, they were. They they completely condemned it. And there was <laughs> massive protests. Uh, they hated uh, – what was his name? Armenijad? I'm a dinner jacket. Armenijad. Yeah, I'm a dinner jacket. I'm a dinner jacket. I ran ran completely hates, to the still to this day, completely hates the Taliban and completely hates ISIS. Well, I think that has more to do with the fact that that the Iranians are Shiites and the other. Can I just say something else, too? Just do. I don't. Maybe I'm crazy here and, you know, wouldn't be the first crazy thing I've said. I have a hard time having as much acrimony towards Iran than a lot of people seem to. And I and, and the reason I say this is because and again, I'm freely willing to admit I just might I might be ignorant of their involvement. But Iran does not seem to be, to me, to have its fingers. I mean, Hezbollah is the only Shiite. Right, but but Hezbollah and Hamas are both Iranian-funded. That said, Steve, that said, uh, Iran has made abundantly clear, and and in fact said it to Hamas, y'all didn't say shit about this to us. Right. And we are not going to participate. They were that's bad why kids. that's why I keep coming back to saying this is a this is a this is a Vlad Pooty joint. This is a Vlad Pooty thing. It's got his fingerprints. All, this smells percent. Russian. It smells Russian more than borscht does. Yep. I was a damn you, Christopher. I was about to make the borscht joke. <laughs> I stole it from you. I stole it from you this time. 
but I do want to mention uh, that uh, uh, Ralph's, Ralph's informed me, and this is a bit of a change of topic, but it's a good one, uh, and put a $25 challenge on the table in celebration of the fact that the House Republicans are down another vote. So uh, let's see. They were, were at two. They were they were at two twenty. Bill Johnson from Ohio is leaving Congress on January twenty first. That'll take him down to two nineteen. And and uh, Steve Scalise, the man was who, who was too fucking stupid to realize after being nearly killed by a guy with an assault weapon. Too stupid to figure out that maybe ordinary Americans ought not be able to buy this stuff. Well, he's going to he's uh, away from Washington from now until February for something that God knows lots of Americans will never be able to who need it will never be able to get because they're not Steve Scalise, a stem cell transplant. Ah. So, they're going to be at 218. And who's paying for that? Hmm, hmm, Mr. Scalise. That's the government. Yeah. That's out of that the... nasty, nasty government you want to strangle in the bathtub. Yeah, that's that's uh, out of the kindness of our hearts, Christopher. Yes. And is Bill Johnson? Is he going to spend more time with his family? Is that that what he's trying to do? Yeah, I think so. Or, or I don't know. Maybe, maybe gubernatorial ambitions. I I don't know. <laughs> But what's wrong with him? He needs a stem cell transplant. Uh, he, well, he, we're paying for it. Any abhors government. Uh, he's, uh, that, I think he, I think his cancer is probably back. Yes. Yes. I mean, he does live in Cancer Alley in Louisiana, Stan. But aren't stem cells really just fetus fetuses? Yes. Fetus of the fetus of the fetus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All the way down? Right. Yeah. But all those moral objections to women being able to attend the, uh, to the workings of their own reproductive systems goes out the door when you need some fetus juice. Uh-huh. It's completely appalling that women are going to prison because they're having miscarriages. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. That is it's intentional. Ben, it's intentional, honey. It's I'm hoping that turns. I'm hoping that turns Ohio blue. That we we win in 2024 just on that reason alone. Texas, let's go ahead and hope for Texas too. Yeah, what the fuck? By the way, uh, so anyway, Ralph has a $25 challenge on the table, and uh, the, if if somebody answers it, we would be down to uh, 1:30 to go just to finish the week fully funded. That's not a lot, but you know, there's 18 minutes left. So uh, if we can, if we could do, if we could raise that other hundred and thirty and twenty-five of it, Ralphs will double for you. Yeah. So, uh, Rob, thanks every, thanks everybody in advance, and thanks for uh, those of you who have jumped in, and thanks to everybody who keeps this all going. Georgian Coarse Gold, subject American Apartheid, notes that Jackson, neither Jackson, Mississippi, nor Houston, Texas residents have any right to self-government to speak of. And that's absolutely true. Robin, can we change the subject for a minute, and can we talk about the Sugar Bowl for a few minutes? Uh, hold, <laughs> hold the phone. That's as, a real sweet, uh, that's as, a big swing. As to Israel, 
Uh, Lou says, uh, for decades they had labor governments in Israel, basically until after the Yom Kippur War. After that war, Irgun terrorists were elected. It's true, Lou. It's true. Menachem Begin was an Irgun, te- uh, an Irgun terrorist involved in the bombing of the uh, King David Hotel. That's right. So there's that. It's up to you, Robin, if you want to talk about the Sugar Bowl. Uh, at least I don't have to talk about the Rose Bowl. Oh, those referees cheated my Longhorn so damn bad. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> here we go. I really See, don't I, have I, any I'm, I'm okay. I can sit. Here, I can sit here and say that Alabama played like garbage. It did. The play calling was atrocious. And they first got time it. I've ever seen Nick Saban out coached. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was out coached so much know. as they were outplayed. I mean that that Michigan defense is just good, but the Alabama it's defense letting them, letting them reel off that uh, that that touchdown run at the beginning of overtime was like y'all. But there, there, I take some comfort in the fact that what the, the two teams everybody expected to be in the national championship, because of the sort of karmic roundness of it all, uh, you know, Texas and Alabama for the rematch from week two. Uh, they're both going to watch that at home, y'all. Yeah, it's two teams with that didn't have a loss this year. I, that's karma, right? Right. Does anyone not see the irony in the fact that we ridicule Republicans for saying, oh, it wasn't me, they're doing this to me, they're coming after me, it's the judges, it's this, it's that. You do the same goddamn things with your football teams. We were cheated, we were cheated. You paid, played piss poor. Deal with it. Take the loss. The excuses need to end for everything. Yeah. No, I'm taking the loss. It was, you know, We earned it. Right? It did. Yeah, that's right. It's it's so weird. Alabama played incredible football, except for the first game of the season and the last game of the season, right? And and well, they they had some moments. It was the second game actually, but that they oh, lost. Oh, sorry, second they game lost is to when Texas. they lost to Texas. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I take great comfort in the fact that the national championship is a great big finger in the eye to all the maggot states where the good footballs played. Yes. That's a really good point. It's gonna be it's gonna be a matchup uh, between the state universities, the the flagship universities, the land grant universities of the of two of the bluest states in the in the in the union. And yep, and, I'm all and, for that. And for and and for my money, which I ain't got. Um, I've always been a firm. I, I was telling Joy in Ann Arbor this. Uh, a great defense, a great defense can and often does beat a great offense. Uh, I've seen it time after time after time because just the way the game works out, the only thing an offense can do is score points. However, a defense can shut down an offense and score points. So, if I if I was an odds maker, I would probably give an edge at least to Michigan. 
because of the defense. But my God, that 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 Husky offense is 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 a thing to behold. And and Robin, there's two cases. It's pro football, not college. But there's two cases that make your point exactly. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring, <clears throat> and um, old man Peyton Manning has a Super Bowl ring when he couldn't throw a football anymore because of those defenses and how dominant they were. Yeah, and I don't know if it's his grandson or his son, but one of the Manning brothers has a son that plays for the Longhorns. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the son of the third Manning. Pretty sure. And uh, I'll add this much, and this is just me being spiteful. I guess any notion that... Uh, Florida State should have been in the Final Four. Went down in ignominy. Uh, Good God, that, that blew that, up in flames. That <laughs> was a that was a rat killing. Well, there's already uh, Robin and guys. There's already talk about uh, Manning from the Longhorns when he's ready to graduate and get drafted. There's already talk about him possibly going to Dallas or Denver. Oh, it's way too well, premature for any of that. Yeah, he, he he's needs to have. He's got to have a. Matter. He's got to have a college career first. Oh, I know. He's still a rookie. And it's going to be the draft, whatever draft order is. Yeah. Then yeah. that's we, there's no way to prognosticate that right now. Yeah, they they fixed no. all that stuff after. Uh, Oh, who was it that said, I absolutely will not go there and, and play for Eli. that? Eli. Eli, yeah. Well, As a matter I, of fact, it was Eli. I, I'm not going to go there and play for that gang of losers. Yes, that's exactly hey, it. Can I answer Roger's question? I don't know how to yes. send him a message to do it. Yes. Uh, Roger, that is a Canadian loony, um, and that's and that's uh, that's still Elizabeth II on there. I don't even think that they have minted uh, – King Charles coins in Canada yet? That was Roger well, that asked me that, right? Yeah, the reason I okay. asked is it has 2020. I thought, well, maybe it's 2020. I think it's 2023 on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, they haven't, because the last time I was up there, I actually asked somebody and they like, and they said, you know, no, I actually, ha I have it right here. Now, um, I can't tell what that says. Yeah, but they haven't, they haven't minted. Um, I, I mean, in the UK, you probably will see uh, coins. I don't even know if, if they've actually designed coins with his face on it yet. Hold on. The only the only the only depiction of King Chuck on a, on 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 a coin is just going to be one big ear. <laughs> or <yeah. laughs> you remember those caricatures they used to do with the yeah, or a nose. Well, the reason I asked is I have a coronation set of oh. British coins from Queen Elizabeth II. And I thought just for jollies, if they've come, if they've come out with it yet, I probably ought to get a coronation set for Charles just to put the two of them together and pass them on to my uh, heirs. Yeah, it was just a curiosity, and, and the reason I put it in the chat was I figured you just type it into the chat and 
<clears throat> we'd be done with it. Oh, no, uh, sorry about it. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. No, we were talking about it. But anyhow, yeah. that's fine. Go, okay. Becky. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back to football. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of pro football, boy, Ravens look damn tough against the Dolphins. That, they might that, be the team to beat now. Don't 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 bring that up. Wave will get very very upset if he's not otherwise in, uh, engaged with his with his date. I had a I had an update. See what I did Can there. Can we talk about Jerry Jones picking Hold up on, the uh, phones? Just one sec. Uh, so at the beginning of the program, Wave said he met someone, and he said we both admitted the very real existence of COVID. The planet is round. Vaccines are real. And she loves French fries, and she thought I was too hot to talk to. Ooh, dude! No, please. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant will take care of everything in February. Oh, and thank you, Henry. Henry responded to uh, Ralph's, and so here we are. 130 bucks to go. Eight minutes left in the program, and we could have a little community-made miracle. Thirteen right. people at ten ten bills. Yeah. Um, Rob and I, I just find it atrocious of how expensive the Super Bowl is going to be this year. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, pro football's kind of lost on me. Like I said last week, I finally sat down and watched a no fun league game, and it was the one game that reminded me why I don't. With. Uh, the, uh, with the with the the the, the zoo, with lions being taken down by zebras. Mm, Thank yeah. you. Yes, yeah, the, yes. only, the, the only difference between the WWE and the NFL is that there's slightly less spandex in the WWE. And that officiating crew had no business being anywhere near that game because they've blown. It's they bl- been bad all across the league. It, it really has, Robin. Yeah. I mean, it's I it and I don't understand why it doesn't seem like the officiating is that bad in college, but it is effing atrocious in the no fun league. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's been bad officiating for the last couple of years now. Okay, and in the uh, desperate race to finish the week fully funded, thank you, Kevin. We're now down to uh, 100, 105 to go. Uh, miracles happen. There's, four, there's six minutes left. Thank you, Kevin. I had some other uh, other stupid stuff for uh, in the stack. Uh, I have a, I have a question, Robin. I know Steve hasn't asked. So how can you tie this whole program into a ancient Greece and ancient Rome? <laughs> oh God! Well, oh. I mean, the gladiators of the past are a lot like the No Fun League of today, right? I, I, I did technically give a challenge. I wasn't being too hypercritical. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking about something earlier today that would have been perfect for this, but it, you know, it's long since gone. Oh, one thing y'all, y'all might get a kick out of. I found a pair of boots. And because finding boots in my shoe size 
horribly difficult. Damn things are on sale. And Let me guess. Did you get it recommended by DeSantis? Did he recommend them to you? Well, I, I'd, I'd kind of like to have them because I just want to. I just want to prove that I wear them better than he does. Nice. They are. They are. They are white, knee high, cowgirl boots with a perfectly nice. manageable heel that's not going to make me tower over people. But the thing is, they're white. I mean, they got them in white, but y'all, they got them in. They got them in bubblegum pink too. Hmm. Mm. You could be Barbie. Yes, old geriatric, past her prime Barbie. That's me. Suspiciously large. Suspiciously large. Suspiciously Barbie. large Barbie in SLB. <laughs> now, what does this get your minds we out of? Get a whole new phrase. <laughs> we, should, we, we should get a whole new phrase out of this. Are those real boots? <laughs> Cowbell for Jeremy. Jesus, Jeremy. <laughs> Good one, Jeremy. Yeah, that was that, that, that was well played. Yeah, what was well, that? the only what? reason for boots is if you're going to be hiking down in the gorge, and I don't think knee-high white boots or pink boots. Are appropriate. Oh no, trails. these are fa- these are fashion choices, Roger. Not not practicality. I've got practical covered. Thank you, Jeremy. She said boots. Damn it! Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> Thanks for having my back. Uh, as opposed to your, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, let's do. That would be so freaking awesome if we did. Well, boots are meant for walking, and they're also meant for shit-kicking, too. Yeah, true. I got those. You all know the difference between urban cowboy boots and real cowboy boots, don't you? No. Uh-uh. Real cowboy boots have to shit on the outside. <laughs> yeah, that's like the difference between a porcupine and a... BMW. On the porcupine, the pricks are on the outside. Oh, thanks. I resemble that remark. Oh, it's oh yeah. I'm oh, offended. I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> feel called out. Feel a little called out, do we? A little bit. I'm going to write a sternly worded letter to you. Uh, do please have Arlo bring it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's sweet boy. We're gonna have to have more photos soon. Yeah. And little and he's and, growing. And, and not so little shadow. Uh, you know, he's two years old now. His birthday was New Year's Day. And God, he's just such a good boy. I mean, it's like it's like there are just waves of love that radiate off of him. And Annette and I are so pitiful, we just kind of sit there on the couch next to his crate and, I love him, I love him, we love him, we do, he's beautiful. And meanwhile, he's sitting there, just looking at it, just soaking it all up. Yes, I am. Mm, They know. 
There's one more long past due cowbell, just for the sarcasm in it. When yes. Roger said, of course they didn't sleep together before the <laughs> church said they could. <laughs> yeah, you passed I everybody. caught that. I, I caught that. Was that was hilarious. He deserved a cowbell for that. That was funny as fuck. That was. That was indeed. Well, well, well played, Roger, and well called, Jeremy. And thank you uh, to our dear sister, Jude. We are now down to um, 85 bucks. 85 bucks finishes the week. So, fingers crossed. Uh, George in Corskull says, I think football players wearing short pants look ridiculous. Watch out, men, for bacterial infections from scraped knees. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean... The, the the pants were supposed to go over the knees because there's pads for the knees and uh, if you've never if you've never had a if you've never had a strawberry from AstroTurf, shit hurts. Robin, that's what you played on. Uh, I I'm on a couple of occasions, yeah. Yeah. It looked horrible watching it when I was a kid. Because uh, Old Soldier Field, we had that before we put the grass back in. And people would get injured left and right and knee, knee you know, season-ending knee surgeries and blah, blah, blah. It was a terrible surface. To oh, when, see, when I first went to WVU, <laughs> uh, what was then known as Old Mountaineer Field was down in a little, in a little valley behind uh, what's called Woodburn Circle, the oldest buildings on campus. And when New Mountaineer Field opened and was dedicated by John Denver landing in a helicopter and singing Country Roads at the 50-yard line, by the way, uh, they decided that Old Mountaineer Field, with its artificial turf, would be the perfect place for intramurals to be played. And so, you know, intramural, intramural football, all kinds of stuff. And lacrosse and what have you, right? Yeah, and and even though it's flag football, it yeah you know, it can get rough. And yeah, talk about scraped knees. My knees were and God landing on that stuff was like I mean this was old school astroturf, and you knew the minute you landed on it that there was concrete a sixteenth of an inch below the turf. Right. It reminds me of whoever the old baseball veteran was who said, uh, you know, back during, you know, the heyday, Christopher, of, <clears throat> excuse me, of AstroTurf in National League's donut, concrete donut stadiums. Remember the day? Yeah, old veterans and Cincinnati Riverfront and Pittsburgh yeah. Stadium. What was St. that? St. Louis, Atlanta, Fulton County. Yeah. Well, well so, some, some, uh, some you know old manager maybe it was uh, uh maybe it was Whitey Herzog uh said if what if a horse can't eat it I don't want to play on it <laughs> yeah I remember that that's a good thing that sounds like something Herzog Herzog would say or Earl Weaver <laughs> maybe Sparky Sparky Anderson yeah that's, that, that could be Sparky. But it, it's it, it's just terrible. Miss Terry and I were so surprised when we went to her high school reunion, having stood in the August heat of two a days back when the world was young, 
dinosaurs roamed the earth. You know, we played on we played on grass that was as often as not just bare dirt. Well, lo and behold, my alma mater high school has a million dollar practice facility now, and they've got an astroturf practice field. Damnedest thing. Mm. And of course, the, the funnest part of that was uh, somebody took a picture of us standing side by side on the sidelines of the practice field. Just like we had done decades before, just kind of standing there being snarky at each other, <laughs> you know, because we didn't go in until until they needed a you know blocking dummy. Yeah, uh, a couple of things. We're, we've actually gone over time, but uh, uh, Jude said stem cells. When this was just mentioned, it instantly drew me to my time at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, aligned with the Fred Hutchinson campus along the University of Washington. Medical Center. Parents from all over the country arrived here in hopes of extending the quality of their lives and, yes, for extended time on this pale blue dot. Stem cell recipients house the scent of creamed corn. I offer this not to disparage, yet to thank you for bringing me back to this vast, sacred time when I was honored to walk among giants. How beautiful, Jude. Thank you. And like I said, we're down to 85 bucks. Darlene in Connecticut says, I always heard the pricks on the inside joke referenced for Porsche drivers, not BMW drivers. Well, Darlene, there's a reason for that. I used to be a Porsche driver. <laughs> Touche. Thanks, Darlene. I feel Thanks called out now, Christopher. Me. We can both hang out with yeah, Arlo and be, be sure Arlo and be. Shadow and be, and, and be called out. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's why I change it up. But, uh, yeah. But you, you are. You're still good, Christopher, according to Darlene. Thank you. And, you know, now, now if I had Porsche money, I don't think I would spend it on a Porsche. Uh, it, it's, it would much more likely go to maybe an EV or something. Well... Uh-huh. You know, uh, Robin, Porsche does have a four-door EV that's faster than the 911. Oh, I have no doubt, and I have no business being behind the wheel of anything like that. The VW ID Fords are pretty good too. Honestly, what I want is one of the is is one of those badass uh, either hybrid or EV uh, uh, Ford trucks. If they would go back to making a EV. In the Ford Ranger size, with a two-door, two-seat pickup truck, I'd buy it. Speaking of uh, cancer, while everyone's listening and we get the most possible listeners to hear this, since John show cross-pollinates over here with quite a few people, some of you will know the name Foul Mouth Liberal or Andy Pagoda. His wife this spring was diagnosed with stage three or four breast cancer. She fought it off and was doing much better, and this week she had an MRI, and the doctor said, something looks funny, we need you to come back. Well, two days ago, it spread to her spine. Oh, no. So I don't, uh, I don't I know, believe Andy. in our prayer, but positive thoughts. If you can send them their way, please do it. They need it. Positive need thoughts. Through this year. Thanks, Jeremy. That's horrible. That's horrible. I, I remember filthy mouth liberal, man. Uh, man. Yeah, that's oh, that's tough. He I'm so sorry. Cancer at the same time. Jesus. 
Well, uh, just because I'm on the way out the door and we need a giggle, uh, and anytime you need a giggle, you can always turn to Nimrata Randawa Nikki Haley, ambassador to Bonomo. Yeah, it's very interesting. There's, you know, they've got that green marble wall at the UN. And uh, this story comes from LBG, uh, LGBTQNation.com. And it's a photo of her standing in front of that green marble wall back when she was, you know, being punked by the morning zoo crew from Moscow 98.8, the vulgar boatman, into agreeing that a country called Bonomo existed. God, that woman's stupid. Uh, but standing, lo and behold, the photo showing her standing in front of that green marble wall... She's a lot browner than she looks now. Ah. But anyway, never apropos of nothing, uh, she is now complaining that the U.S. military is down 25% in recruiting. Because, and wait for it, for the first time military parents are telling their kids don't do it. The reason is, look at what's happening in the military. They're not mission-focused anymore. For goodness sake, stop taking them. Uh, uh, stop making them take gender pronoun classes. It's demoralizing to our military. Stop all these programs that don't matter. Yeah. They're not mission-focused. Yeah. Call, call the common the first three fourths of the year. Call the common. Yeah. Call them. Call the commandant of the Marine Corps. Well, maybe the Marine Corps is not the best. I don't mean the best, but. In, not the best example to use. Uh, call the uh, call the top brass of the Air Force. You know, dude with a brush cut and all of the you know, hoo ah. Call him she her and see how those pronouns work out. Do that, Nimrata. It'll be great. But the problem is, it's not a problem. It's just a fact of life. Being a maggot, she's a liar. Because to the extent that recruiting in the military is down, it is down 2.7% from 2022 to 2021. 2.7%. And there's good reasons for that that have nothing to do with pronouns. I think Jeremy hit the nail on the head. Tuber, tuber head. Around the military down for three quarters a year. He's fucked it all up. It's his fault for a lot of it. Yeah. But, and recruits see that and say, well, that looks like I'm headed for a dead end. And she went on to say that diversity and equity and inclusion programs are, are hurting the military. So basically what she's saying is she wants a military that's whiter and maler and, sh- and, 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 and shittier to, to, to uh, and straighter and shittier to women black folks and she's not brown she's white y'all she's white just ask her she'll tell you she better not call the commandant of the coast guard he him oh i highly encourage her to oh i think the commandant of the coast guard would kick her ass because the commandant of the coast guard happens to be female yes did she think that Tuberville got ahead doing this? 
because he's basically said the same damn things. We're too politically correct in the military. You know, too many helpful things to be too nice to our soldiers is why I block but them. She, but she, she the ha- same goddamn thing. But, Jeremy, she has to say shitty things to appease the vulgarity of the maggot base that she is trying to get to come to her. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to try very hard. She's been a shitty person for a long, long time. There's no doubt about that. Oh, and, and as to your note, Steve, I just read it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so that's it, y'all. I'm going to go in the kitchen and make my nighttime snack and see uh, See if there... Uh, Tracy has been telling me I have to finish watching Lessons from Chemistry, and uh, and, and she said this a couple of times, got to watch the holdovers. So I'm hoping we'll have some screen time tonight. Robin, before you go, I have another recommendation for you on Netflix. Yeah? You should uh, check out the Money Heist uh, collection. What is that? That's a, ser- it's a new series on Netflix. It's different different ones. There's a new one that's come out uh, called Money Heist Berlin. It's really good. Berlin, Ohio? No, the, each one of the characters in the show, they use oh, their, okay. They, it's na- okay. They pick they pick a city uh, uh, and they use it as their code names. And there's a new one that the, the main guy Berlin is all about him. Ah, I see. I see. Well, thank you, thank you, Bill. And thanks, everybody. Great conversation this evening. Uh, remember, I won't be here on Tuesday. I'll be right back. On, I'll be, I will be here on Monday. And I appreciate your kind you know, your your kind forbearance because. You know, these things, well, like this commemoration of 300,000 people getting poisoned because if it's good enough to clean coal, it's good enough for me. I'm looking forward to being there. Um, good, Raven. And I will... I will Arlo's, Arlo's first day of school is Tuesday as well. Oh, my. Uh-huh. Is he, is he going to have a little yellow rain slicker? I think so. I think you should. <laughs> they grow so, they grow so fast, you know. You spend so much on a rain slicker and they can't wear it the next the next school year. Well, I hope he gets nap time and a healthy lunch. Yeah. Thank God you're not in a Republican state, they'd object to the they'd object to him having a lunch or a nap time. <laughs> Get back in there in that meat processing processing plant, Arlo. You got work to do. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your own paws. Well, I hope he has a good time of it, Christopher. And remember, we need we, you, every Friday you're in. You need it. We we need we need baby pictures. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors and our challenge makers. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please, like and subscribe. Like each like each each episode and Subscribe to a couple of platforms. It increases our visibility, especially when you leave a comment. Uh, 
And thanks so much to those of you who do. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia at a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV if you can. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around maggots or any particularly large group. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. Yeah, find time to be hit by serial sneezes. Uh, and if uh, uh, the ambassador to Bonomo comes towards you on the sidewalk talking about, we don't need pronouns, well, avoid Nimrata like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.